so top five rap names. Steve. Steve. Mike. Mike. Lumber. I don't know that, but... Horse. Sure. Oh, all day. And Doom. Who? Doom. Doom? Okay. I actually, I always like the MF Doom, but Doom's fine. I'm glad you said horse. Yeah, horse, Doom. Horse. me and Snafu are, have always talked about how horse is the best rap name. Who famously had a better verse than Nas on Uchi Wally, which, which everyone thought. About. Yeah. And then Jay-Z rapped about it, and then people were just like, okay, so we're not crazy. It's okay to say it out loud. Because yeah. at that time, yeah, you couldn't say anyone killed Nas on the track. Yeah. But who, who famously, it Horse, was a joke too, he was his bodyguard. Horse was his bodyguard. Yeah. He was part of Bravehearts for a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Also, like a lot of people. Also, he's, he's the husband to uh, rapper and radio host Heather B. No. Way, yes. I didn't know that. Yeah, he shows up on Sway in the Morning sometimes. That's crazy. Also, to be like so be to be like a supportive husband. What's that's awesome. What we were talking about earlier, two rappers with same names. There was a horse before horse, but he was a dancer. He was one of Big Daddy Kane's dancers. Okay, you know, horse, pig, dog, and uh, scrap. Those are those are Big Daddy Kane's backup dancers. Yeah, uh, horse horse is married. Horse and Heather B are married. All Glocks down. Hit him with that funky sound. Yeah, I I, 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 there was a dream where I. I there was a time where I thought it was a possibility that I would maybe one day be on Sway in the Morning, which was which was a pipe dream, I know, because mm. I was never like, one, they don't really have producers, but like, I always had dreams where I would go and bring a copy of Heather B's single with DJ Premier and get it signed. Yeah. Um, oh, well, that was If Heads Only Knew. Yeah, If Heads Only Knew. That was the beat. That was one of those, you know, I wonder if I should say this on the court. There would be a good documentary I was thinking and you're the only person who appreciate this because I was thinking like not exactly one hit wonders but kind of one hit wonders where like people made these like legendary beats that kind of lasted lasted forever but like their career you know like so like real life right or, or like, like uh, uh, smooth the hustler you know broken language Diwali. or like Heather B I was like, gonna say du- the Diwali rhythm what's it's a it's a it's a reggae rhythm. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Like yeah. you could do a whole documentary on reggae rhythms. Yeah. Oh of course. Got to interview the beat miners. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know why you said that. Right no, I was gonna say. Something. Did Did yeah. you see that? I'll funny? tell you off record. Okay. Why are you saying record? Because we're recording. I'll tell you off off mic. Yeah, but you're saying off record, not off record. You're putting no, because we're recording. I'm I'm saying it in that sense. Oh, you're using a funny emphasis on syllable. I just took an antihistamine uh, before we recorded. <laughs> Every you? time I listen to Lord Jamar and Rodriguez podcast, Lord Jamar always says Patreon if you want to donate to Patreon. Like he says it a million times. It's funny. But that's Lord Jamar. It's funny because like, um, uh, you ever smoke PCP? No. Hi, Doug. Um, you like movies? Yes, I do. The Zebras in America podcast episode something. Yeah. This year-end wrap-up uh, to everybody that has been annoyed that we haven't been putting out weekly podcasts. One, I'm sorry. Two, I'm not that sorry because we put out free content for you all. And, you know, let's remember that. Let's remember that. Like, we don't charge any money, and we put out this thing, and if you like it, you like it, and sometimes we can't put it out weekly, and um, that is what it is. What sure. were we talking about? We're talking about a lot of stuff. Heather B. Yeah. And, and, oh, oh Pat- Patreon. Patreon.com. So, like, like fun, funny things, like, like, people in Borough Park, 
mm-hmm. call radiators radiators. I've, yeah, that's a yeah. So let's before going into our year end episode, mm-hmm. let's um I I have we have a bunch of emails. Okay. Uh, our friend Doug Fry. All right, what's up, Doug? Subject: Rental patient. Hi, Scott. I sent Marcus a link to Walt Word Burglar's Rental Patient. I thought you guys would dig it. Yeah. Did you Did you check it out? It's interesting because so yeah, Doug Fry. He's my off internet friend. He's like my real life friend. And it's this guy who I think he's like a Canadian. He's definitely rapper, Canadian. but like based in Mexico, from what I understand. Because that because Doug now lives there, and I think that's how he discovered him. But no, it was it was good. Because sometimes you know what I like. I like when like I don't want to insult the guy. You mentioning that he lives in Mexico. Right. Yeah. No, it's fine. He um. Green salsa or red salsa, Doug? It's a trick question. Green salsa. When like novelty-ish rap has like boom bap beats, I really like it. Is that novelty rap? No, I get like that's why I was hesitating. Like, like a Paul Barman, who I used, who I shouldn't consider that because like that guy really puts so much effort into his lyric writing. I think just because he doesn't sound, his voice doesn't sound a certain way. But so like I, I can't think th- think think of the word or music that would be on the surface considered novelty rap has good production. I really like it. I guess that's that that's the only best way to say it. Music that would be categorized as such. So my thought about the song was, you know. I listened to it. Yeah. And I liked I liked the idea that he's like talking about renting VHS tapes or whatever. Yeah. I just thought it wasn't it was like sort of surface level. Mm. Like you remember uh the song Loon TNS? Of course. Like it was cool that he was rapping uh why am I forgetting Big uh, Just Graffiti. Big Just Big Just. Big Just was rapping he was like rapping graffiti rapper names, graffiti writer names, but he wasn't like going super deep into graffiti writing, sure. which like the artifacts did really well. Yeah. So it was so I thought the song was cool, but he wasn't like really talking about the actual like fun of he it was he just scratched the surface and I would have liked it to be a little deeper. I don't know. He was talking he was about just like, like mentioning... yeah, but in those words, he was talking about like taking the train, learning about graffiti from certain folks. That though, it's a little. It's no, not. I deep, think I like. But... I think I'm not. I think Loon TNS is a better song, and I'm not really trying to hate on this person because like, oh, like, because like I have no. There's like I I have no need to like hate on people who are just like doing their thing. I'm saying like I thought the song was cool. Yeah. yeah. I thought I wish that it had gone deeper into the subject. Yeah. I wish Company Foe would get back together. I mean, I I would I wish they would get back together only if they would make music. Yeah, yeah that, that's all. I don't care. Like I, I've seen them live now since since they've broken up a bunch of times, and only it's like once. fine. Yeah. Um, no, I've seen them more than once. No, I was just chiming in myself. I was saying more than once. Um, and I would like to hear. I would just like to hear what that would sound like, and I would like I would like to hear what happened if like LP would go back to a more. The ASR-10, basically. I don't know that he doesn't use the ASR-10 no, anymore. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I just think... I think his beats are really good still, and sure. um, I've been I've been exercising to run the Jewels 1 a lot. That's um, in my workout mix. It's, a, uh, so, it's yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. I was listening to a podcast, and Bert Kreischer was talking about how Run the Jewels was really good workout yeah, music. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wait, maybe it is. Yeah. Bert Kreischer's comedy special Secret Time or Story Time or whatever, mm-hmm. that was funny. Is it? Yeah, he's he's okay. actually funny. Okay. Um, you know, there's a lot of like 
comedy that people say is funny that I don't always find I, that's funny. Why I was, that's why I was sounding skeptical. I'm a little impotent when it comes to comp stand-ups. It sounded weird. Yeah, that is weird. I mean, Bill Burr's been doing the podcast circuit besides his own podcast lately, and he's been... Oh, having, he was on Rogan. Yeah, I haven't yeah, listened, was, I didn't listen to it. It was hilarious. Well, all right, maybe I'll listen to that it was, it was, later tonight. Because he's like... Even though I disagree with some of his points, I, I like his common sense sure. about sure. things. And I like that he's a helicopter pilot. Yeah. And, like, plays drums. Yeah. For fun. I don't yeah. know. I like people that have hobbies. Absolutely. Like, that are, like, into things. I'm interested in people that are interested in things. Yeah. When someone's like, I'm not into things. I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, who doesn't have hobbies? No, I know. It's weird. Like, you know. Okay, so that's that. Yeah, thanks for that email, Doug. Thanks, Doug. Dustin Nading. One of, what's up? What's up, Dust? Can I call you Dust? Big, big Dust. Can I call you Big Dust? Or if you know, if you 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 and you and do you ever hear of the Dust of Dawn's Dust? Um, it was like the ninth time we mentioned the Dust of Dawn's. On it was just one. Is Dust of Dawn? No, it's Dust of Dawn's. Who am I? You talking about Red Man's cousin? No, I'm Who? talking about the the people in slow suicide stimulus that aren't Tame One. Yeah, from New Jersey. That's Redman's cousin. No, those are two. The Dusted Dons. Well, they're are, they're Redman's cousins. They're no, from they're New not. Jersey. No, they're not. Who am I thinking of? Because there was no. There's a Dusted. You're thinking Don. of Mr. Cream. No, I'm not. There's a Dusted. There's a lit from New Jersey. He's Redman's cousin. And maybe the guys, these guys, Gavone and Charlie Chan, uh-huh. who were part of the band Dustin Dons. They were a rap band. Yeah. And they did an album with Tame One yeah. called Slow Suicide Stimulus. I don't think they're related oh, to Oh, then Red there's Man. another Dusted Dunn. Because Redman, I remember in The Source, he was one that he was one of those random mid nineties guys that like the source was pushing, but nothing only a single came out. Like remember Quentin, who was down at the far side? Yeah. He never like released the album. There was a whole song, Quentin's on his way, but yeah. There's a Dusted Dawn. Okay. Who's related to Redman. But I anyway. Mean, they they smoked a lot of dust. Especially Tame One. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's still present tense, but I'm not yeah, really yeah, trying sure, to. Sure. I'm not trying to make any judgments. I just know no, that he, no, say, he no. says he says that stuff. Yeah. So all right. So Dustin Dustin says, I top five of 2018. I didn't see enough this year to feel comfortable doing a top ten, and still need to see burning and shoplifters. But here's my list: five, annihilation, four, Mandy, three, sorry to bother you, two, first performed. One, you were never really here. Sent from my U.S. cellular smartphone. Yeah, that's it's a, a good solid list. list. That's your list, you know. Um, uh, spoiler: some of those movies are on my list. Uh, oh yeah, a couple, a couple are. Yeah, some. All right, but then we have one from Brandon Boozer. Mm-hmm. What up, zebras? Just wanted to let you know that over the past two months, I've listened to every episode of the show. Thanks, bro. Wow, thank you. That's great. I have friends that haven't listened to one episode. I've really enjoyed every minute of it and truly think that this is an important podcast that I wish more people would listen to. Thank you. Thanks, man. I'm doing my best to rope in some of my podcast listening friends. Shows like this one are helping keep my love of film alive and driving me to possibly start a podcast of my own. Just need some mics. You don't even need some mics. Yeah, we've stopped using USB mics last... That was last year. We're literally talking into... A nice little app that was it's like a dollar ninety nine. It's under ten dollars. Yeah. Um so you actually don't need mics and if you do a podcast, I guarantee you'll listen to one episode and if it's good I'll continue. Sure. Um and if we ever if we ever like wrote a book, I would use one of I'd use this as a testimonial. So thank you. 
I also wanted to comment on your conversation about widows last week. It seemed like one of the big issues you had with it was spo- spoilers, spoilers, spoilers for the film Widows. One of the big issues you had with it was the shooting of the sun, which is the only thing I didn't quite like about the movie. Guess what? Most that's like I think it's pretty like universal. Pretty much everyone was like, "What the fuck." However, I feel with setting the story in Chicago, if police violence wasn't addressed, Steve McQueen would have maybe gotten some flack from audience and critics, given the city's history. Sure. I just think he shouldn't have said it in Chicago. To make it, just make it a crime one, caper. Yeah, make it a crime caper. Two, there's ways to... to they, they could have told that in a different way. The way they told it was out of the blue and unnecessary. Absolutely out of the blue. We'll, we'll, we'll be getting to that moment. Later yeah, that move. Yeah, spoilers. I have spoilers. We have bullets game. Yeah. Do you remember that video no. when when Roscos got beat up by game or something? Oh, look what we have for you! And he like dropped the bullet yeah. shells. Yeah. <laughs> so it was weird, dude. Yeah, you can't look tough because you had a black eye. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious as how you think he should have possibly addressed police violence in the film, if at all. Um. I think we I think we sort of answered yeah, that. I don't yeah, think I, I think like... I think setting it in Chicago didn't seem necessary. Yeah. And you know, there they could have they could have addressed it in a different way. They could have even like on some like funky shit. What if they changed the ending to have like Viola Davis like going off in the sunset and then being like needlessly killed by the cops or something like Oh Jesus Christ. I'm just saying, like, like if 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 you really want to post credit sh- scene, if you really stop laughing, that's not funny. Sorry. If you really want to show like the 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 senseless nature of traumatic, tragic police violence, you could just like have it be something that feels completely out of the blue. Okay. A kid, a kid being shot for texting does happen, but it just felt so forced. Yeah. Um, yeah. Secondly, I'm not sure who mentioned that they wished the film wasn't set in Chicago. Ha! I am not from Chicago, but live about an hour and a half away and have spent a lot of time in different areas of the city throughout my life, but I'm certain I have my blind spots. Why do you think Chicago specifically wasn't a good fit for for Widows? Much love. P.S. Are you guys still doing the $10 episode thing? I want to hear you guys discuss Briggs B. Bear. Should be well worth 10 bucks. Yeah, sure, why not? Uh, no, I I was the guy. I just think, again, like, if you almost, you don't, but at the same time you do, to some degree have a moral response. If you make a movie that's about crime set in Chicago, it would be weird to not address it. But then you the movie would be like three hours, 30 minutes or something. So it's like, if you just stick to the whole idea of, like, the widow's aspect, the crime stuff, you can make, like, a, a solid... 115 minute movie without all the extra social stuff because it's like you tease at certain things but then that's all you do it's kind of like so what was the point of even bringing it up I think that's why yeah and also I just really like the movie Inside Man I'm like I kind of shrug my shoulders like it's fine it's cute when I think of that movie I think it's cute which hey it's cute yeah so but that's you. another one. Again, Inside Man's another one that jabs at little like, oh, Holocaust. I, 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 I like that. Or like the 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 but Sikh maybe, guy who like. Yeah, that was the. Eh, I'm not, it's, no, but I thought he, I thought they did. I thought they did that better mm. in that movie. I thought they did the social commentary better. It felt just like it felt less obvious. Sure. Not that it didn't feel like obvious, 
it was I think Spike Lee was was also trying to make a genre film and doing it his way. Sure. And I yeah. think that that yeah. you know say what you will about Spike Lee, he's made a lot of movies yes, and knows how to make movies. Yeah, of course. Just of course. I just don't like I don't love all of his movies and have anyways. Um all right, we have two more. So uh Spencer Seems. Matthew Seems. I would assume so. Yes. Ah, there you go. Uh, He's a good dude. I did his podcast uh, a while back. What's his it's, podcast? Uh, it's on Japanese. Uh, sorry. Uh, high, it's called High and Low. Oh, yeah. I thought we were supposed to yeah. be on that. Yeah, it's, we're going to. This is a we'll duo. Do yeah, we'll do it. What the fuck, Spencer? No, oh, this was prior. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah. Spencer. While you on the fence, Spence. While you're being defensive, Spence. It makes sense why I was just doing some. Some freestyle because the subject of his email. Oh no! Bodied. Oh, Jesus, go ahead. Why are you trying to get bodied, Scotty? The shoddy in the Maserati, Scotty. You sound like disaster. That was who I was imitating. Is that are those actual lines? Because that sounds. No, like I made that up. You have to throw in some like f bombs and whatnot. Oh. A, a sad, manic, depressive. Person. I'm a sad, manic, depressive sort of like I'm frantic and regressive. And I'm hanging, taking an antidepressant, taking a cough suppressant, antihistamine. I'm mean, man. I'm in a machine, man. I will crack your forehead with a log. That's <laughs> one of the hardest lines ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but disaster didn't say that. True, Keith Murray did. Keith Murray did. Uh, so, what did you guys think of Bodied? I, find it, I found it wildly entertaining, but not sure if it was fully thought out. In terms of PC culture, battle rap culture appropriation, Spencer. Um, so you got this. Um, there are thoughts in in the way we've structured our topics for this episode, where I bring in my thoughts about bodied, and I will bring them in then. Cool. Yeah. All right. And last one, Jake Lindberg. Subject: Hey guys, what up, Scott and Marcus? Yo. Yo, just wanted to drop you guys a line. I've been going through a lot lately and listening to your podcast has been like comfort food for me. I've been binge listening last week. Well, thank you, man. I really appreciate that. Saying that we're like soul food or comfort food yeah, yeah. means a lot. I know what it's like. There's there's stuff that's comfort food for me as well. These days, Miyazaki films. Yeah. Um, for me, it's just reality TV. I'm really addicted to the show 90 Day Fiance. And yo, it's very yeah. like... It that's, just makes like it just, it's a train wreck, but it's entertaining, and that's my oh, it's sad. It's like these like, oh, I've been married three times, but then I went on Filipino Cupid, and I, I think four times a charm. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the premise of the show. <laughs> Go ahead though. Yeah, I, I I can't I can't I can I cannot. Yeah. All the previous seasons are on Hulu, so you already know what I'm doing when I have free time. Okay. Or extra free time. Enough. Enough. Sure. I can't. Um, no, me and Saskia like to watch uh, Jersey Shore and The Voice and other stuff. I'm, I'm like up that. on Jersey Shore. I watch Florida Bama Shore a lot now also. Is that like, that's like Florida, Florida, that's new, that's Jersey Shore in the South? Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, I followed Marcus on Twitter for a while. Keep up the side-by-sides, especially the wrestling side-by-sides. They're nice. super dope. But for some reason, slept on the fact that you guys have a podcast. Also, shout out to Scott's Laugh. When Scott laughs, it makes me laugh. Thank you. <laughs> Your podcast has meant a lot to me. I'm excited to listen as you guys grow and have more episodes. 
Keep it real and do some good out there. Jake Lenbert, 24, Indiana. P.S. Really been digging Marcus's side-by-side of Star Wars, The Phantom Carriage. An underrated Seastrom flick is He Who Gets Slapped. Check it out if you guys want to. I don't know how you guys feel about silent films, but Lon Chaney is amazing. I don't know enough about silent films to have like a have an opinion about them. That's like food to me because I like to get, especially with side-by-sides, I mean, I think a third of the reason I do side-by-sides, it's kind of film history. So the earliest I can find images that were like replicated in newer films, like I'm, I'm all about like the silent films. More like experimental, like early Bunuel or like Germaine Delac, uh, you know, folks like that. But um, yeah, no, I, I'll, I'll check it out. I'll check that out tonight, actually. Yeah, why not? And also, yeah, no, he's one of the main guys who I like see keeping up with. I have a I have an ongoing thread of like wrestling move side by sides from like older wrestlers. I and love that wrestlers. shit. I love that shit. I did a. I, I was so. I almost brought myself. I almost brought a tear to my own eye because Scott Hall's son wrestles now and what? he does the Razor's Edge. That's amazing. And I did like a ten, like a long, like twelve second long. The way they set it up, I'll show you when 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 we're off record. Bro, yeah. bro, like he's super young. He's like twenty three, twenty four, and he's 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 wrestling we, in Japan right we now. We didn't we him. didn't talk about this on the show, but I remember when you told me that um, Roman Reigns was leaving the WWE because he was sick, yeah. and I realized I was like, oh shit. They've known this for a while. This is why they've been setting him up to, to go over the top. I know. I didn't even think of that. You brought that up to well, me, and I was like, shit. Because I'm like, oh, because, like, people are complicated. Like, the McMahons are a, a problematic family, but people are complicated. Like, bad, quote-unquote bad people can do good things. Sure. But And I think it's interesting. I'm so certain that they were doing that. And it was hard because point, people yeah. weren't really responding to it. Yeah. Because it was very over the top that they were yeah. trying to put him over yeah. the top. Yeah. Um, and also when you're when you're arm wrestling, if you go over the top with your thumb, yeah. you win according to Sylvester And you Stallone. get custody of your son. Yeah, yeah. If Guys, it is a tried and true fact that if you need custody of your son, enter, a, enter an arm wrestling competition yeah. and tip it. By going over the top, Marcus. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, like, so it's it's just also really awesome to see, like, like DDP is like is has done such good work in like helping get a lot of guys back on track. Wrestlers specifically. Well, I was about. I mean, yeah. obviously Scott Hall and um, Jake the Snake are yeah. they, like they were they were they were living lives not worth living, and now they're living lives not worth living. Yeah. And so that's so I can't believe that Scott Hall's son is doing, doing Razor's Edge. I mean, the Razor yeah. when the Razor's Edge came out, yeah. that was like one of the hottest moves. I had I not know. seen anything like it. Yeah. I, like me and my friends, I I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure everyone that watched wrestling would practice moves in the basement. Of course, then, thousand then your, percent. Then Especially if there was a come, younger sibling, they, oh, they're man. the ones that got all the moves practiced. And then on. you're yeah, but neither of us have siblings. No, I'm saying if your friends had yeah, younger yeah, yeah, siblings, they got the moves it's practiced true. on them, whether um, they wanted to or not. Oh, usually they didn't. Yeah. Um, and, uh, <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, so, so they would call me white Yokozuna. Um, oh, wow. I was very large. Yeah. Um, and we would play, but you know, that was, and then you're, and then, then the person's mom would come downstairs and be like, stop practicing moves. Mm-hmm. But I would just, I used to love practicing moves and. We would only do the razor's edge on mattresses. 
Of because yeah, it was it was like there were that was like one of the first ones that and obviously the the tombstone were like oh yeah. we can't actually do these no yeah yeah, yeah. like yeah. like we would try the Stone Cold Center which is a different generation obviously yeah. and it didn't really work the right. way it was the way it was sold especially when sold by Dwayne the of Rock course, Johnson absolutely or his arch enemy Dwayne the Scissors Johnson ha that's an SNL joke it's yeah. one of my favorites he's still I mean. Jim Ross lost a ton of weight through DDP yoga. Like, Chris Jericho does it. And it's like... I One thing I'll say, because I don't think the Resurrection of Jake the Snake was made for, like, the wrestling mark. I think he wanted no. to make it for everyone. But there's one aspect... I mean, he talked about how, yeah, Jake Roberts was DDP's, like, mentor. But the real story... So, Diamond Dallas Page was a manager for many, yeah. many years. And then the thing was, he wanted to actually wrestle. So, he he mentioned it backstage to Ric Flair. He's like, hey, I think I want to wrestle. And he was like... He was starting in his 30s. And Ric Flair was like, that's stupid. You'll never make it. So he told... He was down on himself. Jake Roberts saw him and he was like, Dallas, what's, why, are you, why are you looking so down? He's like, ah, I wanted to be a wrestler. And one of the legends told me I'd never make it. And then Jake was like, who? He's like, Ric Flair. Ric Flair told you that? All right, I'll teach you. Because they didn't really like each other. Yeah. So it was like he was motivated by like, Rick said that? All right, I'll teach you how to wrestle. And yeah, I mean, I just, I just love it because if, he, if anyone... If anyone watched the film Beyond the Mat and then, like, was depressed for three days, much of it was watching Jake the Snake smoke crack and not hang out with his daughter, which was was clearly referenced in the movie The Wrestler. Yeah. Like, pretty clear. I mean, The Wrestler was was obviously a composite of many characters. Sure. But but I'm sure Darren Aronofsky himself would say that Jake the Snake was part of that. Absolutely. Um, you know, the wrestlers were a really good movie. Yeah, and I and it had. I mean, there's all like I feel like I, it, I always find a lot of mid card wrestlers hate that movie, but like guys like that movie was endorsed by a lot of wrestlers. Not to mention there's real wrestlers sprinkled throughout the movie, like um, Blue Meanies in it, uh, Ron Killings is in it. Um, there's like oh duh Jesus Ernest the Cat Miller. He's 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 like his rival. Uh, you know the the chic guy at the end of the movie. So there's there's real wrestlers in it who who endorse it. So. Yeah, the movie The Wrestler, not the, not Beyond yeah. the Mat. Beyond the Mat. Yeah, I'm, yeah I'm Beyond the Mat. Even though it's like a really great movie. Yeah. And but it it's sort of it was exploitive. It sort of movie. has like some Paris is Burning vibes, where like people were sort of tricked into what it was by and, their boss, by like, their by boss. Vince McMahon. And and yeah, it's, uh, draws man. That was that was heartbreaking. It's very very sad. Yeah, that movie was good. Oh, have you seen that movie that just came out? About the wrestling family, Page the Page. I don't think movie? it's out yet. Oh, but I want. I'm, I'm obvious. I'm going to see it. It's coming to the Alamo Draft House, so I'm looking forward to. Ooh, do you want to ordering wanna... some uh, some some popcorn, and reclining back, and checking it out. Hold yeah, on a we'll second. To, well, yeah, we're going to have to watch that movie. Um, that was another movie. So strange enough, so The Rock is producing that movie. He I know. also appears in it. But what's funny was. He agreed, this was like a year and a half ago, I think, he, he agreed to make an appearance on Raw, but what he didn't tell the McMahon family was he was going to show up and like try to like get shots for his movie, so during the pre-tape, before Raw started, The Rock came out and got, went into the ring and got the crowd to cheer, and then like he had his camera crew there because he wanted to get like B-roll footage of like audiences cheering. Genius. So, but this, what's, here's what's even more genius, this is how he got the crowd to cheer. He went in the ring, 
And then someone, like, kind of in the front row, like, mentioned CM Punk. And The Rock was like, you want me to call him right now? I'll call him. So Rock calls CM Punk. CM Punk didn't pick up, but he was like, on the mic, I'll call him. And the crowd was like, oh! And that's how he got the crowd to get really loud, so. That's amazing. Yeah. So we'll be, I'm sure shots of that, of the crowd cheering will be in that movie. Do you like CM Punk? I love, ooh, you know what? After recent events, this has turned into a whole other, 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 other episode. I did... But this whole lawsuit between him and Colt Cabana, after the lawsuit, they're getting sued by that doctor. It's messed up because Colt Cabana's like an indie wrestler, but he doesn't have millions of dollars like CM Punk. And it was documented in both text and email where CM Punk was like, don't worry, I'll take care of the lawyer's fees. Then in the middle of the lawsuit, they're their best friends, CM Punk and Colt Cabana. Colt Cabana did something that pissed CM Punk off. So then he was just like, you're on your own. I'm not covering these lawyer's fees. And, and Colt Cabana is like... He's like a, he lives like check to check kind of like he doesn't have that kind of money and he had a three hundred thousand dollar lawyer bill because they were going up against WWE so now Cabana is suing CM Punk and they were former best friends so it's like sure I like Punk's attitude and everything and I did a presentation on him this year at the uh, Nighthawk but I think that's a fucked up thing to do to your best friend it's especially com- since the lawsuit yeah. he got pulled into that lawsuit against the WWE because he said what he said on CM Punk's podcast. So it is to some degree kind of on him. So that's, yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Oh man. Well, see, did did the guys that do Beyond the Mat ever make another movie? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think say, they yeah. were filmmakers. That movie's really good, and it's also really exploitative. Yeah, it is. Like like the film Paris is Burning, is is incredible movie. Yeah. It's also exploitative, sure. and and the fact that. Almost every person in that movie is no longer here. Yeah. And they would have to bum rush screenings to That's see it. That's my favorite aspect about that. Not even to see it. They would bum rush the Q&As and knew what they were doing because they just, they, they were getting ghosted. And they was just, you know what, we're going to do what we're going to, the shit is about us, so we're going to take it over. And I love that they kind of took, took it over. Yeah. I mean, so let me ask you a question. Yo. Should we start with the top 10 and then do our other criteria? Of course. Okay. So we start from 10 going up to 1. So and, yeah, let me let me make sure I may have more than 10. Is that going to be okay? Of course. I don't care. I can do slashes. I have, I have some slashes. I have a lot of honorable mentions, so I'll just breeze through. I have a lot of... I have those. a lot of... It's in order also. Everything's in order. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just going to do some slashes. Okay. okay. Cool. Oh, well... Um, Okay, so let's start with top with number all right. ten. So we're starting. Sorry for all the. Although I'm not sorry, you got some good content prior to this. So now we're getting into the top I think, ten. I think of, people uh, that yeah. like us. Yeah, like, they know. That's true. That's true. There all are right. other podcasts that you can listen to if you want like more structure. Yeah. Okay, so we're doing our top ten, and so we're starting with number 10. ten. What's ten for you? Oh, for me, it's first reformed. Interesting. For me, it's Claire's camera. Nice. Okay. So why? Why first reformed? I thought it was a really good movie. Even though I still think I'm, I still have. I wish it didn't. Those last sixty seconds, I didn't like the way it ended. I did. I still think it's a it's a really good movie, and it mixes. You know, just like the whole idea of like environmental terrorism, yeah. the loss of faith, mental illness, depression, kind of everything. And to some degree, it's a low key comeback for you know Paul Schrader, who I have little issues with here and there, but still, he's still a great film writer. And he's a great filmmaker when he wants to be. Especially just the fact that, like, his last c- couple of movies, which have been these last few years, there was, like, Canyons, which I didn't really like because James Dean is a piece of shit. 
Um, Canyons, the movie Canyons is yeah. not bad because James Dean is a piece of shit. Yeah, I know. The it's movie, just, the movies, okay. the movie, just they 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 decided to shoot it in a certain way that didn't make sense. Yeah, and I thought, I I mean, I think what's his face, the guy who wrote it. Um, oh, um, this guy, American Psycho. Yeah, Bright Lights, Big City. Um, Brett Easton Ellis. Zero. Yeah, Brett Easton Ellis. Oh, what was the movie after American Psycho? Laws of Attraction? Rules of yeah, Att- Rules of Attraction. That one wasn't so bad. It was... Eh. I mean, Less Than Zero is really good. Yeah, American zero. Psycho is a movie that I think is one of the most overrated films ever. It's overrated, but I do like it. But it's still overrated. Here's the thing. I, hot take. Bacon is overrated. Bacon's still delicious. Yeah. I just think it's overrated. When we get to the disappointments later down the road, there's a couple of movies that kind of fit into that criteria. It's like, man, it's bad, but I was let down. But but, yeah, but that's basically why. I just thought Paul Schrader mixed in a lot of stuff, and he was able to pull it off well. Uh, I'm not going to tell you so. what I liked about the movie. You know mm-hmm. why? Why? Because it's, it's later higher down on the my road. list. Nice. Uh, Claire's camera yeah. is... I just had never seen a movie like that just like whimsical yeah. this I, this year I learned a lot about myself and like that I just really like simple pleasure films that are done really well yeah movies an hour and seven minutes mm-hmm. it's really low intensity yeah and I enjoyed every moment of it oh you'll be happy you know I can't not think of Claire's camera and the little scuffle that I got into with the husband and wife from Long Island I never heard back so I never got sued yeah for touching their, their bumper. Yeah, you and I went to see Claire's camera and Unsane the same day. Which we, I'm, Unsane, like, I'm going to be talking about Unsane, that. This is the only time Unsane's Unsane not only in my top ten, it's also like not in any of my other criteria. Because yeah. yeah. that movie just came and went. Yeah, it's like and a little fart. I'm I, sorry, that sounds mean. As it, no, as I said, uh, Entrance is a great film and you yeah. should go see it. Yeah. And I just, I can't say enough that... If you're considering seeing Unsane, just see Entrance instead. Future guests for uh, 2019, by the way, uh, Horvath and Hallam. And there's going to be more. I'm going to be. Re- I wrote about uh, his first film for 2019, but yeah. So Claire's camera. Yeah, we have we have nice. we have some we have some cool guests lined up. Very cool. Um, Lisi, what's up? I yeah, really yeah, yeah. would really like you on the podcast, and um. um Yes. You know, uh, Sloan Sloan, uh, com- uh, comic book writer and artist. Of, oh, um, right. Yes, of absolutely. Pri- of Prison absolutely. Stalker absolutely. has agreed to be yeah. on, our, on our show. Yeah, that'd be great. And I, I think that's really awesome because we had our, our episode with Ron Wimberly was, was a wonderful episode. Mm-hmm. And and I think Sloan is making really cool comics. And I'm, I'm interested in what movies other artists like mm-hmm. that aren't in the movie world sure. for now. Because I'm sure... Who knows? I'm sure people are, are, you know, comic books are hot commodities right now. Yeah. Prism Stalker is very different. I think you'll like it. I, I, we have, um, some, some gave us um, a copy to look at. So I'll, I, I think I sent it to you, but we have time. Okay. All right, so, so that was, was number 10. Yeah. Uh, number so nine. Number nine. Uh, me? All right. Uh, the Favorite. The What's that? Yorgos Lanthimos' uh, latest film with Emma Stone, Olivia Coleman, and Rachel Weitz. It's of, and it's interesting because of all, of all his movies, except for Kaneda, his actual first movie, people always say Dogtooth. It's not, I think it's lowest on the list of his own movies, but this year, you know, I saw it once, and then the, and then the more I thought about it, I remember like really, really liking it. That and, came out already? Yeah. 
It's I out now. It's out currently. I haven't seen it. But I saw it on a last minute for New York Film Festival, and it was nice, you know, not to... I'm not trying to pander to anyone in this 2018 era, but I enjoyed watching that movie next to my girlfriend and, like, hearing and witnessing her reactions because it's, it's a very female-centric, you know, film. And it's one of those rare occasions where, like, a male director kind of gets it. And I really appreciate it. You know, I think all three actresses... And I can't even say that there was a lead supporting. I think this is one of those rare occasions where, like, again, Olivia Coleman, who's also in The Lobster, and Rachel Weitz and Emma Stone, they all kind of shared the spotlight equally together. Like, they all had equal moments of greatness in that film. And this is the best... I don't know if this is her... I don't think it's her best performance, but this is the best use of Emma Stone in any film that I think I've ever, I've ever seen so far. So Emma Stone is... One of my favorite Hollywood actresses, like sure. like uh, like as far as like Hollywood crushes go, then you'll you'll dig she the favorites. Has, she just has like such a nice smile. Yeah, and there's like a movie with like her and Ryan Gosling and which one they've done a lot. Steve Carell. Oh, that, Crazy that Love, Crazy you, Big Beautiful. No, I've know. never seen that. Have you seen that. um Welcome to Marwin? No. I saw more on Qual, the, well, the documentary. So does Robert Zemeckis, is he just turning documentaries into movies now? Apparently. Which sound, it almost is, like is, like the, is this the third I one he's done at this point? What's the third? I only know the tightrope walking I'm, one. I, I thought the there was one? another one. But I mean, it's weird that, that like... Oh, you're thinking of the plane movie. I don't think yeah. that was a documentary. Oh. I, but it's based on a true story, though. That movie, it's still based that, on that, story. that movie was really good. Flight? Yeah, my dad really liked that movie. I remember. I only saw that my movie because my dad liked, my liked dad it. Would so have liked much. that movie too. The movie was itself good. was fine. I just think the whole idea of like I love, I think that audiences, even tra- I think a lot of audiences can't take Denzel Washington as a bad person. But and I, I but and I like the and, and that's what I'm saying. He was a bad person, or or even he, Training Day, like he was still charming and great. Whereas like in Flight, he was a terrible guy, and no, I like that. Uh, I uh, he was a complicated. Com- guy. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That that was messed up. I was getting no that because 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 he does the right thing in that movie. Yeah, and he doesn't yeah. have to. Yeah, I don't know that I wouldn't given that situation. He, right, because he he, I love gray area films. Yeah, of so Flight was dope because. I mean, spoiler alert, but you, I don't know, because he plays a drug addict, alcoholic uh, pilot yeah. who um, who gets into a situation in a plane where by all sense of the imagination, the plane was supposed to crash and everyone's supposed to die. Right. And he does, uh, because he's an incredible pilot, he does a maneuver that saves almost everyone. Yeah. A few people die. Mm-hmm. And then when they start investigating... There, they see that it was likely he was drunk. Yeah, and he he has the he can throw this person who died under the bus. Right, and he can. Yeah. So, even though so he goes to jail, even though he saved everyone's life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it's a it's a great movie. I mean, Robert Zemeckis. I feel like he's so talented, but but does like I don't know if he's challenging himself. Right. Like all those all those three D animation movies were fine, but like, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Like I fucking love that movie. That was of course. Uh, Forrest Gump. He's Forrest Gump, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I back far, to the Future. Back to yeah. Back to the Future. Like one, two, and part of three. Like sure. two, two is just so unnecessarily prophetic at this point that it's difficult to watch. It's also difficult to watch because it's just like a two hour long commercial. 
it's for a rough. lot of things. It's rough. For Reebok and Mountain Dew and all this. It's, it's, yeah. And I also, like, you know, feel bad for Eric Stoltz sometimes. Sure. Like, I'm sure his life is fine. Yeah. Um, and the song Roads by Junk Science, when at the end of this song, when we say it could have been you, Eric, could have been you. Yeah. We're talking about Eric Stoltz. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. No one ever figured that out, yeah. but that's okay. Nice. Um, and I know you like that song. Of course I do. It's like, whenever I ask if you like my music, it's the song you bring up. Because so it's the first I, one. I think it's the only song. First time I, I ever like. saw you, you sang that song oh. live on stage. Um, oh, and guys, my yeah. cassette's coming out soon, so yeah. when that when it gets closer, I'll, I'll post a link. Getting some getting some nice feedback on that. All right, what's your number nine? Right. I love our show because cause we've... We've recorded for like 45 minutes and sure. we're still... Yeah, this is going to be a long one. Yeah. But it's end of the year. We missed a few weeks, so this is our, you know, gift to you and guys. We, and we don't cut shit in half. Like, no. You're, you're, no, 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 no. Uh, number nine is Don't Worry, You Won't Get Far Afoot. Which one was that again? That's the Gus Van Zandt movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, about, my God. Um, I never saw that. This, about, I did not see that. About the cartoonist John Callahan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um... Not one of one of two movies on this list starring Joaquin Phoenix, right? Um, Jonah Hill, Rooney Mara, yeah. uh, Jack Black. Yeah. Uh, Jonah Hill is actually like a pretty good dramatic actor. Mm-hmm. I mean, two time Oscar nominee Jonah Hill. Sure. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I this movie came and went, and it had a lot of criticism for not hiring like someone in a wheelchair for the movie. Um, and we talked about this on the yeah. Outrage episode, how yeah. I feel about it. And and for me, it's like, what would happen if Gus Van Zandt made his own version of Forrest Gump? And this movie was his version of Forrest Gump. Mm. And I loved it, and I cried, and I was really surprised how much love it didn't get. Because mm. I thought it was really excellent. Sure. Um, and, and, and I put it high on... I put it on this list, because while there are other movies that that could have been on this list I would like people to see this movie because I think it's really good alright I'll, I'll maybe I'll watch it tonight actually once I edit this episode and put it up so that was that was my number 9 cool um, uh, you want to talk about number 8 number 8 for me is Burning really good movie uh, I think um, it tells a cool story there's like some ambiguity to it uh, it's just like complicated messed up stuff imperfect people um, yeah, I really like it. Yeah. Um, so I'm doing a, I'm doing a splitsy on this one. Okay. Um, cause they're, cause they're both, they're both like irreverent films that I've really liked. Um, The Endless. Mm-hmm. Have you, did you end up seeing that one? Yes, yet? I did. What did you think? It was, it was, it was good. It was fine. You, you didn't love it? No, I didn't. I didn't. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so this film about these two brothers that... That revisit the doomsday cult that they ran away from as they were kids, mm-hmm. and then shit gets starts getting weird. Yeah, and it's another movie. I mean, at this point, I don't even think it's an underrated movie. Like people are talking yeah, about they it. Yeah, they are. They are. But I really liked it, and it was it was left of center, and it was fun. And I'm splitting that with Shrek Retold. Okay. Have you seen it yet? No, I didn't. I didn't get it. Dude, know. dude, like so, like forty people sweeted Shrek, remade it, right. remade Shrek, almost shot for shot. Yeah. And I don't know why, because people have done this sort of thing before with other movies. Specifically, um, uh, the the Rambo one. I forgot the actual name, because it, it's a reference to the actual book. I forgot. It, it's like a long title. First Blood? No, 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 no. Flowing with Love for the Kid. It's something like that. But, it, it yeah, some one person 
remade Rambo by himself and did all the roles. Yeah, and there are kids that remade Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't like every time someone remakes a movie. Mm-hmm. There's something about this one. Yeah. I was just smiling ear to ear. Right. And, and again, it's on my list because if our listeners haven't seen it, I think you should. Yeah. Or you could. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. It's free on YouTube. There you go. All right. Where, so now number we're seven. at number seven. Yeah. Number seven for me was um, Frederick Wiseman's Monrovia, Indiana. Uh, I think this is kind of a complicated film because you're looking at, instead of, other, you know, like a lot of, from like a Michael Moore to uh, Nick Broomfield, this film, you know, Frederick Wiseman literally just kind of sets, the, like all his films, he just, he doesn't take a side. He's documenting these people in Monroviana whose town is slowly dying, but dying in the sense that it's getting eaten up, eaten up by bigger towns. There's like there's not going to be a Monroviana, Indiana, in the near future. What's also interesting too is that he these are clearly red-blooded, like Trump-supporting Americans, but there's still like a sympathetic eye because like Frederick Wiseman, he's like a New Yorker tried. He's like your typical like liberal New Yorker. And uh, similar, you know, I'm fast forwarding to the future. When we do our best of for 2019, Errol Morris's American Dharma is going to be on that top ten, and, and it's a sim, and you know, to some to some some degree. But I just think it's if a that complicated. Movie ever comes out. Yeah, I know it, it's such bullshit. Yeah. But such Mon- bullshit. Monrovia is a beautiful, complicated film, and it did it. As far as New York, I only think it came out at at, at film forum, but. Um, yeah, whenever you can stream this, or see, I de- definitely like, I, I recommend checking it out. Also, because on paper it seems so goddamn boring, but when you actually watch it, it's like, oh, this is really great. So, Monrovia, Indiana is my number seven. All right, and so my number seven is Marlena, the Murderer in Four Acts. Oh, nice. Very um, nice. Indone- Indonesian uh, acid western rape revenge film uh, directed by Muli Surya. And uh, I know I know our friend friend of the show M Tume wasn't crazy about it, mm-hmm. and I understood why he wasn't crazy about it. And it's actually a common criticism that it was it was sort of made for an American art house audience, mm-hmm. and maybe it was. It worked on me. I thought the colors and the music and the story and the connections were just really great. Yeah. And um, I'm interested in seeing what this director does in the future, and yeah, I. I just kept on enjoying it. That was that was a movie that I saw at IFC. Yeah. I saw a few movies at IFC this year. I thought I sent you that. You did, but but it was but I didn't know what it was when you had sent it to me. Oh, oh, okay. So I was like, I, I don't. I mean, I don't watch every movie you send to me because sometimes I'm like, what is this? And I was really busy in grad oh, school. Sure. No offense. Sure. And this was height of when Movie Pass was killing it. So if I had like, if I if. When Movie Pass was killing it, and I just had a free moment in the day, I'd be like, oh, I'll go see a movie. Yeah. Well, we've got, luckily, Zebras. This is also, not to, to cut in midpoint, but for 2019, we got some cool stuff, because there's like now a couple of cool, a couple of big-name art house uh, distributors they are going to be sending us like official screeners now, so we'll be oh, able so to we, see we stuff. Can, we, can say that out, we can say yeah. that out loud. Yeah, of course. No, it's common practice. That that's not like breaking any kind of nonsense. I I won't say who, just to be safe. But th- there's about three you know folks now that we're in contact with that are sending us stuff. We have a long. We already got like one big email blast of a bunch of cool screeners of stuff that's coming out in early January. Maybe we'll get to some. May, maybe we won't. Did you but, send me that? Yeah. 
Yeah, I did. Okay, we let's talk about this off record. Of course. Because now that I have some time off, I can like watch things. Yeah. Like I've mostly been watching like like I watched for some reason like Sasuke and I watched Dumpling, uh-huh. the Netflix film where. Oh yeah, my lady wanted to watch where, that. The where night. where the the art the actress from um, Patty Cake. Yeah. And and actually the mother from Patty Cake as well mm-hmm. are in it, and it was much better than Patty Cake. Sure, I'm sure most things are. Yeah, I mean, I mean, having diarrhea is better than patty cake. Sure. <laughs> like, if I had to choose watching patty cake again and having diarrhea, I would choose diarrhea. That's that. That's fair. Is it? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, where are we now? We're at number six. Okay. Which is like could be another term for diarrhea, because like a normal like a number two is like number two, but then number six. I feel like that's heavy, heavy duty stuff. <laughs> Literally heavy, heavy duty. duty. Uh, so number six is uh, our I get guest from this year, uh, Mr. Ryan Prose. Uh, my number six is Low Life. I think, uh, and it's weird because a lot of the issues in this movie are very on the nose, but he mixes it with a lot of absurdist humor, and yeah. I think, and I, and that's I think ultimately at the end of the day, that's why I like that movie so much. Yeah. So spoilers. That's on my mentions list. Cool. It's not on my top ten, but I but I love I loved talking to Ryan. I think yeah. Ryan's a cool dude. And he wants to come back. Yeah, when, on the show, so. I'm and and we'll have him. And Absolutely. I think there were some cool motifs that the movie discovered, and I'm yeah. interested in seeing where it goes when he gets um, when he when he, you know, I think I think he has, I think he's just gonna get better. Of course, so I'm interested in seeing where he goes from there. Yeah. So. For me, this is another splitsies because I had a lot of trouble uh, coming down with ten today. So mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Sure. Um, this is so sorry to bother you. Slash before we vanish. Okay. Um, two irreverent comedies mm-hmm. slash sci-fi's mm-hmm. slash horrors. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we ban- vanish, being a span. Uh, I was about to say Spanish, but yeah. no Japanese. Yeah. Uh, film about alien invasion. Yeah. And also about love, mm-hmm. and I highly recommend it. You didn't like Before We Vanish as much as I did. Yeah, this is true. It was fine. I liked that I watched it though. Um, and sorry to bother you. Being, I feel that I almost. It's you know it's weird. I feel the same way about both of those movies, both Before We Vanish and Sorry to Bother You. It's weird that they're like splitsies. Well, that's why I did. I did that on purpose. I did that on purpose because it, it made sense topically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, like, sorry to bother you. Boots Riley's debut film about uh, about unions. Yeah. And I loved it. I like movies that have populist lens. I like movies that, uh, you know, harken back to concepts that I like. And while it's not a perfect film by any means, I really liked it, and I'm interested in seeing where he goes. Yeah. I'm sure he's making another movie. Of course. And, you know, Boots Riley, if you're listening, love to have you on the show. Yeah. Uh, I've been listening to The Coup since I was a teenager. Um, and thank you for everything you've done. All right. What are we up to, number five? Now we're in the midway. We're at, we're at, the, we're at the top five. So, at number five, I have You Were Never Really Here. So, question. Yo. Does personal problems count as a movie for Absolutely. 2018? 1,000%, because we're going to get to that higher up in the list. So, yes, it does. Interesting. So, so 
in reality, I could make personal problems number one uh-huh. because the movie had such a profound effect on me. Yeah. But because it's it's an unearthed film, I'll say that it's the number one reissue of the year. By, so I'm by giving no it its own category. That's cool. And um, but it's it's number five with Summer 1993. Didn't yeah I didn't see that but so never got around to. Summer 1993 is about um, this young girl in Catalonia who loses her mom in 1993. Mm-hmm. And it's very, I don't know, I was just, me and Saskia saw it and we were crying and just a just incredible mood piece. And I think you would like it. Cool. Maybe love it. I don't know. Okay. And that's split with personal problems, the Bill Gunn nice. soap opera masterpiece about, um, about loss. Nice. Okay. Number four is, yeah. for me, number four is The Writer. Yeah, uh, for me, it's first reformed. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Oh, every, why yeah. was you were never really here? It was your top five. Uh, I thought it was. <clears throat> I thought it was uh, good. I thought it was. Uh, well, I thought it was great. I thought it was unconventional. It was a nice, re- like, return in terms of status for Lynn Ramsey, but then it was also something new. It was like, she's now. You know, this is like her. 20, 20th plus year of filmmaking and she's still doing new things. And also this is like... Only her fourth feature. Like film. like another person on this list mm-hmm. who only has a handful of films. Yeah. And always that? makes... Yeah. No. Oh. There's another person later on this list. Oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. Right. sure. Um, continuing to grow, only made a handful of films yeah. in 20 years. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, get, I gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Um... Uh, but yeah, first reformed, which was which was earlier on your list. Yeah, I just didn't know what to expect. Right, and I just really thought it was yeah it was a, it was a return to form for Bill Schrader. Paul yeah. Schrader. Yeah, true. It was and it, um, you know seeing Cedric the Entertainer do his thing and just it was it was a good movie. It was unexpected. Um, I didn't expect it to be as good as it was. Mm-hmm. In fact, when people were like, "You got to go see it; it's really good," I was like, "No, it's not." And then I was like, "Oh shit, it really is." Yeah. Yeah, and I like stuff that you know things that are that are connected here in these in these top few ones. Aside from one, um, is 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 class and how mm-hmm. class issues are really you know you got there's all these things that are happening in the world, and I just thought that first reform dealt with faith and yeah. our ecosystem in the Anthropocene really well. And I love when I get to say the word Anthropocene. Right. So that's that. Um, so that was your number four? Number four. Okay. So mine was the writer, yours was, number f- yours was first reformed. Right. Yes. Cool. Because I went we... back and spoke about you never here. Yes. Do you want to talk about the writer now or when it hits on my list? Yeah, let's do that. So now we're at number three. Yes. So my number three is Personal Problems. Uh, Again, I know it was made in 1980, but it didn't get theatrical release until this year. So that's why it's on my list. Uh, It just, again, not not to be all cliche, but there's a lot of specific characters that remind me of like my family members. Um, And I do think like the lower middle class or like middle class black America is not explored as much. And this film did it really, really well. And I just think it's like, it's a masterpiece. Yeah, totally a masterpiece. Totally agree. It's also like, like, do you, do you evaluate an album like Black Bastards as an album that came out in the 90s or an album that came out in the year 2000? 
even though it was made in the yeah, 90s. It's a little different. Because yeah, I actually had, before most, I got booked, most I had people it in didn't, the 90s. Though. Yeah, most yeah, people yeah. did not have Black Bastards in the 90s. Sure. Um, so I'm sure, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I'm sure there's better examples. Right. Or like uh, the Charisma and Peter Butter Wolf album. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Th- I think that's a much... That's like a, per- that's like a perfect parallel to a personal problem. Right, so, so, so for the listeners... Um, KMD was MF Doom's original rap group with his brother with his brother Subrock. Sub yep. He was known by Sevla Vex. Mm-hmm. The first album also had uh, this guy named Onyx, not to be confused with the rap group. Yeah. And this other dude, whose name I forgot. And then they were about to make this album on Elektra. Um, what was what's his name? Was there A and R? Dante Ross. Yeah. And they were about to put an album called Black Bastards, which on the cover had um caricatures of black people being hung being hung yeah. with the game hangman saying black bastards with the a missing yeah um and then in in a tragic turn of events subrock died in a well, he was hit by a car if i yeah, remember yeah he was correctly. just trying to cross, uh, cross like street. the long island expressway I, I believe yeah um which which mf doom raps a little bit later in and then they then electra shelled the album and it never came out really until many years later. And yeah. uh, then, then this dude showed up, MF Doom, who's wearing a mask, and people were like, "He kind of sounds like this dude who was on the Gas Face," and yeah. which was a famous, rec- famous song yeah. from uh, Third Base that had that was famously dissing some people and did some other stuff. And then many years later, MF Doom reappears, and he's like. Um, my government Dumoulay until I meet my brother or, you know Dumoulay yeah um, where he talks about it as 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 deep as as MF Doom goes about yeah. those sort of yeah. things um, and the song one of the last songs the song with Curious yeah that's true uh, that, 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 that whole song is actually to some degree they're shouting out Zeb Love X yeah so and my brother Sub Rock I drink drew, drink brewing something something yeah so um my female, my previous bandmate Probe, just put out a song in his new rap group called Camp Heroes that had Curious on it. And oh, that's awesome! Curious is still doing it. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I when he, I I thought that on he did a song with J Live and on the Homeboy Sandman's on a Homeboy Sandman record because mm-hmm. I can't even say it's his last record because Homeboy Sandman puts out a lot of records. Yeah, he does. And I thought. I, I was tweeting that like his lines still get love from old school graffiti mamas, mm-hmm. which I thought was the best line ever. He was like, "Actually, it was bombers," but oh, that, huh. but but I should have done that. And I was like, "Thank you," because yeah. that's because you can visualize like 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 a forty year old woman who like still who has the shell toes and Lady hoop Pink earring, still doing yeah. It. Being like, being like, oh, I have a crush. I'm curious. Yeah. Um, also, going back just real quick, MF Doom again. Rest in peace to his son who passed away earlier this year. So that's been a little rough. I didn't you know. know about that. Yeah. That's yeah. terrible. Yeah. Or I think I did, but I blocked it out of my mind because it's yeah, so even, sad. Yeah. On a, yeah. Yeah. What? No. No, I don't know if you, you didn't know. Like episodes back, you made you made a joke like, wouldn't it be funny if like MF Doom's son did such and such? I was like, oh wait, you didn't know? And then you're like, what? I was like, yeah, his son just passed away a couple weeks ago. See? Yeah. Um, it's something... So, and so and then this other album we're referencing, this is all to explain personal problems. Right. Um, so, Peanut Butter Wolf, who you know 
probably from Stones Throw Records, which also put out a couple MF Doom pieces. Yeah. Um, he started making beats with this dude, Charisma, and they were supposed to put out an album, and then Charisma died. Yeah. I don't remember how. Pretty sure he was shot. I thought yeah. he was murdered. I thought he was murdered. And then many years later, Peanut Butter Wolf put out the record. Yeah. So what we're saying is that even though it's a very 1994 record, like it has the sound, it has the beats, it has the sort of engineering, saying that it's a 1994 record is not quite accurate. Right. So that's that's why I'm pretty comfortable putting uh, personal problems up here. That was your number three? Yeah. So oh, my number three is uh, You Were Never Really Here. Awesome. Yeah, just I like I like meditations on grief and loss, and I liked with a little with some cool spurts of violence uh, mixed in. Yeah, I liked I liked Lynn Ramsey, you know, making a taxi driver for our time, and and to take it to like so another big movie which oh just missed this honorable mention, but is on my Pinland Empire honorable mention. I think in the era of movies like The Night Comes for Us, where like perfectly choreographed flippy dippy dropkick stuff. Where like and you were never really here. The action sequences are just like kind of like ugly, uncoordinated, just barreling through hallways with a hammer, like beating people. I, I think is really cool. Yeah, like even so, a movie that's that I'll bring up in my honorable mentions is in my honorable mentions. The Spy Who Dumped Me is yeah. like this notion of like people all of a sudden getting really nasty with guns and shit yeah. when they don't. Know anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did we just say the night? You just said the night comes for us. Yeah. Yeah, that movie was dope. Yeah, it was. Is that not in your honorable mentions? It's not this. It, it if we had like, I I just cut my honorable mentions to ten. But if we had like you know twelve or fourteen, or I, 15, yeah, I have yeah, I have ten. Be. And yeah, I thought that would just be a lot quicker. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be like our our longest episode. Yeah. I thought the night comes... We'll talk about the night comes for us when we get to our honorable mentions. Oh, I wasn't even planning. I thought we were just going to run through the honorable mentions. We'll see what because happens. Because we have the, our other special categories. Who? Let's see what happens. Sure. Um, yeah, so you were never really here. Just like I liked... I liked the way that, that it was handled. And I liked... Yeah, I just, I just did it. But also, um, what I liked... You, remember, you ever heard of that movie, Children of Men? Yes, I've I've heard of it. Seen it. Yeah. It's a pretty good movie. Yes, it is. And when Clive Owen hits that dude with a TV or whatever, mm-hmm. you remember that yeah. scene? Yeah. I like that he was horrified. Yeah. Because he wasn't... Na- he wasn't a violent... He wasn't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't uh, a killer. Yeah. And the thing is, like, actual real-life violence is really gross. Sure. It's it's intense. Yeah. Like, I grew up... I grew up in in the 90s in New York City, and... I used to see like horrible shit. I used to see in my neighborhood people getting like the, their asses kicked in front of their family and there's nothing they could do. Jeez. And like someone getting kicked in the face yeah is actually it's actually it's, violent. Yeah. Just and, the thud like the thumping cuz it's not like some Indiana Jones sound effect. The actual sound of it is even worse. Yeah, cuz there's like a gush. It's I've never heard a gush. There's a it's more like just like a thump, but just loud. Yeah, it's just bad. It's just bad, and so so I thought I thought the violence of you were never really here, ha- pulled no punches, and it was brutal. Yeah. And I have no issue with choreographed fighting, but right. like, in in real life, fighting is messy. It's not 
it's not exactly like, yeah it's not nice honestly right. I feel like they live the fight and they live is like a good representation to some degree of what like cause like you get tired midway into it and then you start like leaning on the other person who you're fighting and then you're like wait a minute I'm leaning on you fuck you and you start fighting again you know yeah yeah so. also like they live is one of the best movies ever made of course it's just right. it's just truth all right, so now we're down to number two, and I cheated because yeah. it's 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 a it's a splits. Whatever. My my number two is Shoplifters. I know I've been going on about how it's the best movie, <clears throat> but I had there's a couple of movies that I that I rewatched and rethought this year. Uh, another one we're gonna get into is a little bit of a surprise, but uh, Shoplifters is I mean it's still not a bad spot to be number two on a list and in a really good year of movies. So Shoplifters is good. I thought. A couple of things. One, especially the ending, just the whole idea of um, this guy chasing at chasing after the bus, combined yeah. with the fact that in a lot of Japanese film, modern Japanese films specifically, especially the last twenty twenty five years, they don't get into like forget like lower class, just like poor and like damn near homeless. Like yeah. you don't really see because and then I, I from wonder, what I understand, well, I wonder if they're making films in Japan about this that we're not seeing. Well, no. What what I was getting ready to say was though. People who are more like, okay, so um, folks who are f- more familiar with Japan, even Japanese folks, to some degree in Japanese culture, that stuff is swept under the rug. Yeah, it's like we, to don't, like, to like, like we don't talk about Exactly. This. So I like that that movie, not only got, it crossed over, it got nominated for a Golden Globe, it'll more than likely get nominated for an Academy Award uh, as well. So it, it really, to some degree, crossed over in a good way. Yeah, so... Uh, in the only well I theorize that this is not true and so one of our samesies for for this list mm-hmm. my my number two film is Shoplifters right. slash The Writer nice because they're both they're both films about class and surviving yeah absolutely um and yeah The Writer We've talked about on the show, yeah. Chloe Zhao, um, about this about this dude just figuring out what he can do. Yeah, um, and it was just, I was floored by it. It was unexpected. Yeah, and I just, I just, I like films that that tell the story the way they need to tell the story. Absolutely. And I love that it. I loved its reverence for people. Yep. And uh, very straightforward way of. straightforward way of um, people with disabilities straightforward way of poverty um, talking about like Native American issues without like you know going going too deep into it yeah yeah and shoplifters I mean what a movie kicked me in the ass very true Um, I was I was crying by the end you know, basically, family is how you find it. Yeah. I also... <clears throat> it's still in theaters now. For those of you who haven't literally... I'm talking to anyone who hasn't seen Shoplifters. Avoid the trailer. Because I, I didn't... I saw Shoplifters before it came out in Toronto. So when the trailer came out, I didn't even bother to watch it. Because, oh, I've seen this and it's great. But then I was at the movie... Where was I? I was at the movies. I was watching something. And I saw the trailer to Shoplifters. And it was like, holy shit. It's literally the whole movie. Like the the big reveal of what the family is is in the movie. Really? Like yo, it's so it's what the fuck? Yeah, it's really fucked up. So it's like don't avoid the trailer if, if you can and just watch the movie. 
Yeah, it's really messed up. It, 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 it's it's a it's flagrant. But, That's annoying. Yeah. All right. Damn, we're at number one now. I wasn't I wasn't done talking about shoplifters. Oh my bad. Okay. Um, what I liked about shoplifters is is that if you take if you take like a show like Shameless or Roseanne or something mm-hmm. and make it not funny. And Japan and Japanese, you have something like shoplifters, like these people who are doing things that are morally questionable. Yeah. And you're like, is this because you're because you're a bad person, or is this because you're trying to feed your family, or is it a combination of both? Yeah. And I think like a show like Shameless or like Roseanne, it's it is a combination of both. It is right. like both maybe catering to weird parts of your nature, but also also taking care of the people, and. And spoilers, I do sometimes wonder whether with whether M2 May was right that maybe that little girl jumps at the end of the movie. Mm. But I don't know. Yeah. All right, number one. Zama. Zama. Oh, yeah, we both had... Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, at the last minute, I was like, you know what? Zama is like unlike anything I've seen maybe ever or at least in a long time. And just off it, I just... I had to put it at, at, at number one. It's like... It's weird, it's trippy, it's ambient, it's it's acid like, it's it's historical, it's a lot of things, you know, in one there's parts that are like horrific. Um the 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 the, the supporting performance of uh Mateus, I don't know how to say his last name, but the villain, Vicuña Porto, uh Porto is uh just really, really great and yeah, I'll just go back to that. It's unlike anything I've seen either this year or just like in, in quite some time. I mean, Zama is not just my movie of the year. It might be in my top ten of movies. Oh, shit. It's just... I mean, I think Lucretia Martel is just such a fabulously gifted storyteller. Yeah. And director. And she's badass. Yeah. And Tume sent us an article where she was like... She was interviewed for Black Widow. Mm-hmm. And was like, yo, I don't want to do... like." Yeah, good, because I wouldn't want it to be either. Which is weird, going back to the writer, because Chloe Zhao is going to be doing a Marvel movie, which I thought was a joke on Twitter. Really? Like, people were tweeting about it, because she did the writer and songs my brother taught me, too, like artsy films. And then they were, I was like, oh, this is a funny joke. Ha, 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 what if she's doing a Marvel movie? But then it's like, oh, no, she really is. Which yeah. one? Oh, uh, I forgot. I forgot. Well, I'm going to find out. Yeah. Because I... So talk about Zama for a second. Zama was... And, and, you know, going back to... I saw Zama well over a year ago. And for it to stay in my psyche for that long. And just to be clear, I have only seen Zama one time, like, in my life. And the fact that since September, you know, of 2017, uh, up to, you know, damn near 2019, this movie has kind of, like, stayed, you know, stayed in my head. I think that just says something uh, about that movie. Yeah, I saw it. And I was like, the only time I've ever seen a film that ever reminded me like this was like there there are color palettes in Marlena the Murderer and Four X, but mm. but I don't think they're comparable. And Walker. Yeah, all acid westerns. Yeah, it's 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 an acid film, but it's also about purgatory. And Lucretia Martel han- handles imperialism and colonialism really well. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I don't want to talk too much about it because if you haven't seen it, I just think you should see it. Yeah. And I don't really want to give away anything about it. Just sure. like, go see it. Sure. Uh, the Eternals. The Eternals, yeah. I know yeah. it's some kind of Marvel offshoot thing. Yeah, I mean, the Eternals are cutty enough that, you know, 
she, she could probably do a lot with it. Okay. I mean, I just, you know, who knows? Sometimes it seems like these tentpole pictures take people off their path. Like, who knows what a, what Ryan Coogler would have done if instead of Creed or um, Black Panther. Who knows where he'll go from there. Yeah. You know, Fruitvale was pretty good. Pretty good yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, it's interesting what the Marvel machine does, and because it's it's outright said now that that the directors don't handle the action action stuff. Yeah. So you have a movie like The First Thor, which was directed by Kenneth Branagh, but yeah. it didn't really feel like a Kenneth Branagh movie. No, it didn't. It just felt like a movie. Um, I think, for me, like the of the of the Marvel movies of the MCU movies, you know the Bill Gunn, not Bill Gunn. What was that dude who got fired from Guardians of the Galaxy? Oh, James Gunn. James Gunn. No relation to Bill Gunn. No. Um, well, it would be funny if there was. I know. But, you know, James Gunn, clearly you could feel him in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but the best, my favorite Marvel movie is Iron Man 3. Yeah. It's which very Shane really Black feels film. like a Shane Black movie. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Shall we do uh, honorable mentions? Yeah. Again, are we going from 10 to 1? Uh, sure. Cool. I have more. I think I have. Let's just see. Yeah, yeah. So maybe we should each do it. What do you just mean? Just to not offset because I think you have more than me. Okay. All right. So at the top we have Low Life, which is like promising movie and it was fun. Mm-hmm. And I think it's worth watching. Burning. Mm-hmm. I, I really liked it. I didn't like it as much as other people did. But it was it was good, and I think it's worth watching. Upgrade, nice. Uh, just I I I I enjoy the the short, quick, you know, revenge sci-fi thing. Yeah. And I just thought it was really fun for its genre. Yeah. And I I think people are liking it. They are. Uh, let the sunshine in, just because, uh, you know, love love Claire Denis. Yeah. And I thought. Her doing a, a rom com was interesting, sure. but I don't really think it. Was, if we're being honest, and I know we love Claire Denis here, we'll get honest shortly. It's not top ten no. of the year. Yeah, um, uh, and it's it's interesting that that people thought it was the best movie of the year. Very interesting. Um, Game night. Just Hell great, yeah! Just great comedy. Yeah. Oh, these none of this is in any order. Okay, my my mine will be, but oh, fine. that's fine. Yeah. Uh, I just thought Game Night was a was a real delight. Yeah. Um, and I just want more. Uh, I just was that R rated. Game Night, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I just just give me R rated comedies, yeah. dude. Yeah. Just do it, like Nike. Yeah. Uh, Wobble Palace. I just um, Saskia's summer camp friend made that movie. Mm-hmm. I've been telling you about. It. It's good. Yeah. Um, Mandy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just thought. I think it was better. I think people really buzzed about it when it first came out, mm-hmm. and upon thinking about it more and watching it again, I do think it's a great movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is, are any of these movies on your list? Uh, so far, two of them are. Okay. Will you say or? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go. Okay, mine, so because yeah. I don't remember, uh, is Mandy on it? No. Okay, so Man- Mandy, you didn't care for that much. If I had an honorable honorable mention. Sure. Like if I had a top thirty, it, it's on it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Night comes for us. Yeah. Because I just That's another. I just yeah. really like, uh, as you'll see with the next one too, I really like action movies with a heart. Yeah. And also, 
it, that movie has a heart, but it's also like so violent. Yeah, very. It's like you know, it's like raid style violence. Yeah. In fact, co-starring co-starring main character, main from, character raid. from raid. Yeah. I think it was more violent than than raid. Yes, it was absolutely. It was like so violent. Absolutely, it was. Um, you it was know, like meat. People getting put on meat put hooks on meat and hooks. stuff. Yeah. I was I was watching a movie starring a person from the next movie. You know, I really got into Scott Adkins movies this year, mm-hmm. and there, he did a period piece called Savage Dog, mm-hmm. which which was from last year. Otherwise, it would have been on my list. Mm-hmm. But there is a scene, spoilers, at the end of the movie where he rips out someone's kidney and takes a bite out of it. Nice. And yeah. I was like, oh shit! I was not expecting that. Yeah. I was like, this movie was violent, but I didn't know it was like, right. take a bite of your kidney violent. Right, right, right. You know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is funny, because you have three kidneys. I do. Only one of them works, though. Yeah. So so I would have to be careful if I were ever to, to eat If that happened to me, you. I'd be like, ha, ha, and then I'd run away. <laughs> like, you, you mad now. I know. Um, psych, you bit psych, the wrong one. You bit the wrong kidney. Yeah. Um, Psych, I lived. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, number five is The Debt Collector. Uh, did you ever end up seeing that? No. I Scott didn't. Atkins. Mm-hmm. He plays like a guy who needs money for his failing dojo, so he becomes a debt collector for the mob, and then shit goes bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was just like, oh, this is really good. It's almost great. It was missing some beats mm-hmm. to, to make it great. Uh, then there's Generation Wealth. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? Nope. It's a documentary about wealth and the art world and all this stuff. And I was, Saskia had me watch it and I was surprised by how much I liked it. Yeah. Uh, another documentary. So, so I actually like documentaries this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the nice. Road Movie, which was recommended to me by Carlo, uh-huh. which is just a story of cars in Russia. Yeah. You yeah. told me about it, but no, I didn't see it. Then Spy Who Dumped Me. Nice. Again. R rated. Uh, these are not ranked. Oh yeah, right, right, right. Sorry. R rated comedies. Give it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, women being gross and funny. Give it to me. Yeah. I just, I just. That movie was hard R. Yeah. And 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 it was fucked up. Yeah. It was like it had low morals. Yeah. There are like scenes where they're like killing people and like their parents are like, oh, "Are you killing them, honey?" Yeah. It was exactly. just it was just yeah. a funny movie. Yeah. And 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 I. If it, I don't think it did great, which is too bad because it would be. Yeah, but that's a whole episode as to why it didn't do good, which is kind of fucked up. But we don't want to make this a three-hour episode. No, and um, searching. What was that? This is one of those movies that's like told through a computer screen. Oh, with uh, Harold. Harold. Yeah. Harold plays a dad whose daughter disappears. And it's someone told someone spoiled that movie for me. Like oh. they they explain. I I know what happened. It's like yeah, I, so, I know what happens. So, yeah. Carlo and I both like this because he also likes those movies where the uh, the first ones were like the Skype one, where like the unfriended. Ghost, yeah, unfriended. I watched that. I saw that. I haven't seen the second one. The yeah. unfriended one, unfriended one, mm-hmm. gave me considerable nightmares. Mm. Yeah. So I just like this. I like that style. I think that I think the style is getting improved upon. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm hesitant of gimmick movies. Yeah. But I thought the gimmick was. I think the gimmick of like 
seeing a movie from the, the, the viewpoint of a computer is pretty cool. Yeah, I almost want to give credit to Chronicle for, like, reviving oh, in a weird no way, reviving saw, it. But no one saw Chronicle. That's what you said. Like, it's a really good movie. Yeah, it's Josh Trank's movie before, before I, he was thrown under the bus for Fantastic Four. Yeah, which co-stars one of the Fantastic Four folks, Michael B. Jordan. That was, like, his first big, yeah. you know, besides The Wire, I guess, but, yeah. Right, Chronicle is, like, a found video of... Like superheroes, yeah. but it, but but searching and unfriended are definitely part of that genre. But these are also just from the computer. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, separate. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's fun. It was a fun yeah. movie, and and I don't. I think. I think. Let's see where it goes. Okay, what about you, my friend? I'll just go for. I did. Or I'll go from ten to one. So ten. I have the Green Fog. It was Michael Mann's. Uh, Michael Mann. Jesus Christ. Guy Madden's. Uh, kind of like movie mixtape where he just edited a bunch of random old footage movies and TV stuff clips into like a feature film uh, almost like a cut up style film uh, number nine Friends of Wonder it's a documentary film made by my friends uh, Irene Chen and Kurt Vincent um, they're the ones who also did the the last the Lost Arcade film two years ago oh I've been meaning to, yeah. to, to check that yeah so this is good uh, number eight I have Black Panther it's just a fun entertaining uh, comic book movie I really liked it uh, number seven, uh, Widows. We talked about that in the previous uh, uh, episode. It has its problems, but overall, I still kind of like it. And I may never watch it again because I feel like if I watch it again, I'm not gonna like it uh, as much. Uh, number six, I have Upgrade. Again, it's just a simple story. It did everything it set out to be, and in certain specific scenes, the score is really cool and ambient. Awesome. Like in a like, I remember watching it. And then, like, rewinding, like, whoa, wait a minute, what was that? And, like, oh, it was the score from the film. Uh, so I really like that. Number five, um, I have Vox Lux. It's, again, similar to Widows in that it's just, like, a... I don't want to say problematic, but it's just, like, a mish... There's so much shit going on in Vox Lux. It's, like, high school shooting, pop music, teen pregnancy, terrorism, all in one film. And, for the most part, it kind of works. Uh, well, it's, like... Yeah. I was I I haven't seen it because it's like the world didn't want me to see it. Like every time I tried to watch it, it didn't work out for me. Oh, damn. But it was like it was like oh they wanted to remake Elephant as a musical. Kinda, but there's like more. But sure, there's I'm, definitely I mean, some. I mean, elef- I'm gonna watch it. The I mean the first like the first ten minutes of that movie is literally Elephant, like just straight up, and then it just turns yeah. into a bunch of. If the yeah. survivor of Elephant was Sia. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. And then, C- and then there's Cio, like because Sia wrote the music for Box Lux. Oh, I didn't even. Oh, yes, I did know that. What am I talking about? And I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I, I, I really do. That. I really like Sia. And also, like I called Upgrade, like uh, Saw meets Blade Runner Revenge movie. Absolutely, Saw and, and, and Blade it was totally. It was totally. it was good. Yeah. Um, and I was surprised that like that other people liked it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, because when it first came out, it wasn't doing the numbers, and then the star Logan Marshall, Logan Marshall Green was intentionally searching on Twitter for people who were tweeting about upgrading. He was trolling them. Like, there was this one thing where some random guy, like a random guy that had, like, you know, 30 followers. Like, some, he was just, like, tweeting out, I want to go see Upgrade this weekend, but I don't know if I should. And then, like, he got a response from Logan Marshall Green. He's like, you should. What else are you doing with your life? Just little things like that. No, literally, no. He did, for, like, a whole weekend, he was just tweeting at people, like, why not? You should go see it. So I thought that was really cool. I mean, I, I, I do think films need to stop using the women in refrigerator trope 
Of yeah. just like killing, yeah. killing important women to push forward the plot. Sure. Hello, Deadpool. Um, mm. Or many movies. Yeah. However, yeah. however, it was a fun movie. Okay, we're, so then... Oh, we're number Fox four. Fox Ops was five. Number four is Cold War. Uh, it's a really solid film. I actually did like Ida more than Cold War, but this is still a good... This is the kind of film where it's like... I think... I don't know how to pronounce his name, the Polish filmmaker, but he was just trying to cross over in a non-sellout way, which is the best way to cross over. So, um, number three is a film, I don't know if anyone's going to even ever get a chance to see this, uh, Taste of Cement. It's a really, like, experimental documentary feature. Another great ambient droning score um, that's just about, like, Syrian um, construction workers. I can't even watch, um, I can't yeah. even find that movie. Yeah, uh, I I think eh, it it should come out on 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 DVD or you know streaming at, you know at some point. Um, number two, I have Game Night. That was just such a nice surprise. It just was a lot of fun. It's the movie I watched the most this year. Uh, and from an acting standpoint, you know, if comedic performances were taken a little more serious, I think Rachel McAdams uh, would have gotten a little more attention with this role because I think she kind of to she, some degree quietly stole she the show. So did Lamron uh, Morris. With all his Denzel Washington impressions, I thought that was, that, was, that was pretty good. And then my the top of my honorable mentions was uh, Jeanette, The Childhood of Joan of Arc. Uh, I'm, I'm a big Bruno Dumont stan. You love that and, movie. Um, I do. I love... I, I don't... I was about to say I love everything, which is absolutely not true. But he, I just... I like his style. He Slack Bay, right? He absolutely yeah, did Slack see, Bay. That was my number two of, uh, of last year. I remember. Yeah. I mean, I watched those movies at your behest. Yeah. And I was just like, what the fuck? But in the best way possible. And I think for me, too, my sense of humor, like 50% of my sense of humor, Bruno Dumont kind of gets it, which is why I'd really like you to see uh, Lil' Kinkin. Young, young, young Quinquin? Yeah, long, Young Quinquin. Uh, a young rural French rapper. Um, That'd be so funny like if there was, like, like a, a like French face tattoo kid named Lil' Kinkin. Yeah, I <laughs> That would be funny. I just need I needed to sit back because my back's hurt. No, it's all good. Okay, so, so that's my yeah. I, I mean, there's more because there was a lot. I, I guess at this point, I'll just say if you want to go to PinlandEmpire.com and check out, I did like two different categories for honorable mentions, and then I did like a, oh by the way, these are also good movies yeah. too. So I, in a way, I kind of had like a top forty to to some degree, which is which says a lot to 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 what two thousand eighteen was. This is a good year. This is a good year. Absolutely. And like, there's a lot of movies that we're probably not thinking about or we didn't see. There's a lot of stuff that I wanted to see that I didn't see. Okay, so let's do least favorite. Least favorite. Now I'm. This is when I get into a lot of splitsies. Uh, so least favorite. Oh, I, this isn't a list for me. It's just a few. Yeah, list. For, yeah. So for me, least favorite is a tie between the first purge and hold the dark and. Hold the Dark is le- at least is like kind of made well, and the ingredients. It's like Stop a, that! Yeah. If someone had the ingredients to make a really good dish, but they like forgot to do, they forgot one thing and then put too much of another thing, and it's just like, oh, you had it all there, but you messed it up. And First Purge was just like, I hate to be a snowflake, First Purge was just defensive. So, it really was. So my least favorite was uh, Blind Spotting, mm-hmm. Death no, Wish, okay. Death Wish, oh, my God. and First Purge. Because I nice. did watch Death Wish. And nice. I was like... Oh, not nice. No. I mean, I, I was... So this year was also the year I got into the genre of Bruce Willis movies. Yeah. Um, and if Marauders was made this year, it would be on my top ten list. Nice. That's that Batista Bruce Willis movie yeah. I've been telling you about. Yeah. You gotta watch it. You'll love it. Okay. Um, now, Blind Spotting, 
Death Wish and The Purge and Tyrell, even though I didn't see it, are all are all on the list for obvious reasons. They they um, turned they turned tragic things and used them to their they used them to their advantage in a way that just felt gross. And you know, I also have to say, and we've talked about this before, but this is a long time ago. But I'll bring it up. Actually, this was last year, so it's 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 kind of new again. So Sebastian, whatever his last name is, the director of Tyrell. I know everyone doesn't have the same experience as me, but I saw him speak at a Q&A, and, and hearing his thoughts firsthand, it's just like, oh, this guy has some serious issues, and he's that kind of upper-class person that, without realizing it, or maybe he does realize it, like, oh, you don't like poor people. That, that's why you made Nasty Baby. Like you, I, I, I sat in a theater and watched him talk about how the... The influence of him making Nasty Baby was back in his country, where he's from, in uh, Brazil, I think it was. In in his hometown, there was, like, this local, like, kind of, like, mentally ill guy that everyone hated. And he was just like, ah, what if I just killed this guy? Everyone would be fine with it. And it was, and then I, being in the theater, people kind of laughed when he said that. And it's like, that's really fucked up. Like... I understand, like, there's there's going to be danger. Like, if you have someone who's mentally unstable, like, there is the threat of something happening. But just the whole idea of joking about, like, oh, what if I just kill this guy? Everyone would be happy. Yeah, and, I think that's really in nasty. In nasty baby, it's about some hipsters killing a homeless person and getting away with it. A homeless guy who was, and it's implied, who was in that neighborhood before them. Like, this was his neighborhood. There's even that scene where probably, the cops probably was made yeah. homeless due to gentrification. Exactly. Yeah. And, and the and, cop that and one the scene homeless was, man isn't a nice man. But no. it doesn't mean he deserves to be murdered. Yeah. And even the cop, there's this one scene with the first confrontation where the cop is just like everyone look, he's just like the local crazy guy kind of thing. And but yeah, ultimately and they just kinda of get away with it and raise their hipster baby in Park Slope or wherever. But uh so, Yeah, what was yeah. that movie? The Bad Batch? That movie was like um Bad Batch. Why does that sound from Anna Lilia Mirpour? Oh God! Her follow up to yeah, yeah. Walks Home at Night. I saw most of. I didn't watch it all. But I saw most of that in TIFF two years ago. That was like 2016. Yeah, isn't it like another film about like just like strange, weird race stuff? A little bit. Just the fact that it's like Jason Momoa plays a Cuban guy who dresses like a cholo. I've so it's funny. Cypress Hill, basically. So. The, the, oh, Once Upon a Time in Venice, uh-huh. which is which is a direct-to-video Bruce Willis film from last year, mm-hmm. where with John Goodman and mm-hmm. Jason Momoa, Thomas Middleditch, mm-hmm. and some other people. You see, you hear that? That's 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 sure. that's a lot of famous yeah, people. Yeah, Avon Barksdale. Oh wow. Um, oh yeah, whatever his name is. Yeah, from Above the Rim. Damn, Alpo. In, yeah. Uh, there you go. Yeah. People get shot every day, B. Bro. Um, and and uh, Jason Momoa plays a cholo in that movie, mm-hmm. and I don't know Jason Momoa's ethnicity. He's Samoan. Okay. Yeah, just straight up, he's Samoan. Um, I'm hearing good things about Aquaman. I haven't had a chance. I am. I think I'm gonna see it uh, just before I leave for Puerto Rico. I'm gonna go check it out. I was, you know, I don't think any of the superhero movies I saw this year were necessarily bad. It's just, it's just so much and. Yeah. And they're all they're all like being sort of safe. Like even though Deadpool was like R rated, it was still like playing it sort of safe. Yeah. It's like playing to it's like as you said like a few weeks ago, you have a dick in your asshole. You look like you know, like just yeah. like saying whatever you could say. Yeah. 
Like, you know. Exactly, yeah. You look like roast beef peed on a turtle. No, exactly. <laughs> That's literally, exactly, literally that, yeah. And you're just like, okay. Yeah. But I just roast think... Roast beef peed on a turtle. <laughs> yeah, I just exactly. think they're all like playing it yeah. sort of safe. I mean, yeah. I didn't see Venom, but... That was... That, I hate the whole, like, so bad it's good, but it almost made that like gloriousness of like this is terrible but I don't regret paying the 16 bucks for that movie um, yeah I'm, I may even go see Aquaman tonight oh cool because I think it's playing around the corner oh nice um, but I'm hearing good things and yeah. I'm open I'm open I think I think figuring out how to how to make Aquaman work is really difficult yeah because he's like uh, he's like a lower tier top tier and there's always like a joke throughout the years there's always been like He's always been the, like the butt of a joke. Like Family Guy always make, makes fun of Aquaman. There was that great skit years ago on MTV's The State where they did a Justice League thing and they were all breaking off. They were just like, Batman, go hold the fort down in so-and-so. Superman, you stop that building from falling. Wonder Woman, you get the truth out of so-and-so. Aquaman, you go talk to some fish. And then they all start laughing at him. Just <laughs> so shit like that. Yeah. All right, so our next, our next segment. Yeah. Why you did that for. Oh, yeah. So for me, I have blind spotting. Yeah. The entire... No, the second half of the movie. The first half of the movie, like, me and a friend of mine were both like, this started off actually good. Mm-hmm. It was it like, it dealt with the Bay stuff really good, really well. It was talking about gentrification in a cool way. And then all of a sudden, you're like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's like, didn't really? We leave, didn't we leave Slam back in 1998? Yeah, and make it hyphy and worse, and somehow, yeah. and somehow, like, I don't know. I don't think that they were. I don't think Devine Diggs and his friend, who really looks like this adult actor, um, were really trying to like. I don't think they, absolutely not. No, I no, think, they, of course they weren't. Of like, course not. Like when I watched the movie and I was explaining to someone why I found the movie offensive, they were like, "Oh shit, yeah. you're like," but I, they didn't think about it that way. But yeah. it ended up being like strangely very offensive. Yeah, movie. yeah. Another um, uh, first purge, mm-hmm. which is like a black director. Yeah. Taking pain and turning it into a movie, and the purge was doing a great job. The past, the the few movies yeah, before that. Yeah, just leave like race out of it. Like it's all, just let it be a dumb, entertaining movie. Then you had to go and like, and what's more frustrating is like black is, audiences love first purge, and it's yeah. like. You don't see what I see, but everyone's different, so you know, whatever. The, you people see what they want to see. Yeah. Um, the first Purge, the other Purge movies were ending up accidentally being like great populist yeah. films. Especially the second and third one. Yeah. I really like The that. first one was like whatever, but the second and third one was like building the world. And I, was, and I yeah. think there's a TV show. Yeah, I, I haven't even... After, that came out after First Purge, so I'm kind of done with that whole series, but... Uh, uh, my my, why you did that? I'm, oh, I'm not done. Uh, oh, damn. Okay. Uh, the uh, BLM widow scene. Yeah. Uh, manipulating emotions by using oppressive pain to sell movies, and uh, uh, hold the dark. Stop that! Oh my God, I don't know. So I saw that in the. Th- it was like a. You owe me theater. a do rag, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I, I got was, you. That was a deal. You yeah. you. Uh, so for the listeners, Marcus bet me a do rag. That I could not finish that movie, and I did finish that movie, and it's just so stupid. And it's one of those things like, ooh, I bet if we're like mysterious 
and ambiguous, like we, we can kind of coast on this. And that's what I think they thought. I and, mean, I think Saulnier, is it Saulnier or Saulnier? Saulnier. I think Saulnier is sort of like not living up to his potential. I didn't think Green Room or Hold the Dark were that good, yeah. and I thought I wasn't I thought, even crazy about Blue Ruin either. To be to be honest. So, what movie has you like? Murder Party. I don't even know what that is. That's I, his uh, first movie. Oh, I never. Oh, see, Blue of of those movies, I guess Blue Ruin is the one that I like the Blue most. Blue Ruin, I really like. It's like this. It's like the serious sequel to, to Roadhouse. You didn't know you wanted. <laughs> I recently rewatched Roadhouse. Mm-hmm. Silly movie. Of course, it love is. it. Still yeah. love it. Oh, sure. It's got Terry Funk in it, so you know. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, Cinemia, which is like, um, is like is like a an option. It was like another company that's trying to go for that that movie pass bread, uh-huh. but it's really hard to use, and I'm and I hate it. Yeah. So, what are your why you did that for? Uh, Marcus's death and widows. So. Same. There you go. Right. And the last 60 seconds of First Reformed. Just from the standpoint that it could have been done this way, but also being Paul Schrader, he's got to do some weird shit. So, yeah. And as you heard, you've been listening, First Reformed is on my top 10, but that ve- the, ve- the last minute of that movie is like, why? Um, so that's kind of... So those are my two big why you did that. Anything else? Why you did that. To, to, to black audiences... Who endorsed first uh, purge? Why? I just think you know. I understand the whole idea. Representation is, is important, but I think sometimes black folks are too black film audiences are too quick to jump on something just because they see black skin and black stuff. Like people about first purge. Did you see all that blackness in that movie? It was great, and it was just like no, it actually wasn't. And they were taking all these specific black tragedies. And making entertainment out of it. Not even making yeah, light, people, making entertainment. People, that's fucked up. Like the church shooting. People really are not up. people are not ready to to think about the fact that this movie that's quote unquote representing people is just a capitalist mechanism to make money. Yeah. It's like the 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 purge series stumbled onto the fact that it was woke by accident. Yeah. It's, it wasn't on purpose. Yeah. And they're capitalizing off of yeah, it. Yeah, they are. They're making money off of this. Yep. And people just really aren't ready, you know, uh, one, on, on one of my things that's, you know, people are still looking at things from a neoliberal lens. Mm. Not, not like, they're still like, the system's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so who be winning? Uh, t- interestingly enough, this ties in perfectly. I think to some degree, I think black cinema, because we're at a point now where like when you take like the 80s and 90s, just there, that one Denzel movie or that one Morgan Freeman movie, we had to be happy with that. But now we're at a point where like we can, specifically black folks listening and, and of, of any race, it's okay to dismiss blind spotting. It's okay to dismiss First Purge and it's okay to be critical of something like Beale Street, which we'll get into later, uh, because we also have the resurgence of things like, you know, like we've got uh, personal problems. And if you want to talk about like new films, you know, we've got, you know, voices like 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 a Ryan Coogler or, you know, or even like a Shaka King. So folks like that. So you can there's good progressive stuff on the way and in existence. There's unearthed stuff. And it's like we don't just because something is predominantly black but it's shiny with a bow on it we don't have to accept it and we can be critical 
Um, yeah, there's, and, and, and I like to, I many, like, you know, yeah. There's many black directors working. Absolutely. And there, you know, there's a place, it's, we're at a place where, where you can dislike one director and there's still other directors yeah. to like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anything, any, anything else? Uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Even though I haven't seen, you know, don't worry when he get, far, he won't get far on foot. He's had a really good year. He's like back in the spotlight. He was a little weird a few years ago, but now he's like. But you, you didn't you know, like the Adiard movie. The what? The Sister Brothers. The brothers, I didn't, sisters, but whatever? I just like. Was he wa- good wa- in it? He was. Joaquin Phoenix showed his range th- this year. Totally different from, you know, you were never really here. I think he really kind of, you know. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. It's, you know, t- t- take your time seeing it. I like, I like Addy Yard. Yeah. Um, Rustin Bone was like, was the last one I saw his. Mm-hmm. That was really good. Um, who be, who be winning? Uh, Outrage. <sighs> yeah. Um, just being really mad. Outrage, The Last Girl Scout. What? Like Rampage, the last Boy Scout, yeah. Buster okay. Rhymes' cousin. Uh huh. <laughs> so and like yeah, like like outrage. That, that's what I have for. Yeah. Who uh, who be losing? Michelle Williams, she's so talented, but she is continually wasted in. I want to say eighty five percent of the movies that she's in. For Damn. one, she shows up. She's always in a movie from start to finish, but it's like seven minutes of screen time, which I always find is strange. And she's just never used her protect except and she was in a she was in a couple of Todd Haynes movies and he barely used her. Kelly Reichardt, that's the only person whenever I hear Kelly Reichardt's making a new movie, because Michelle Williams is kind of her like her person, they've done three movies in a row together. Yeah, or not that, in a row, but three movies together. It's that kind of movie, oh, great. that movie about her dog was so good. Wendy and Lucy. Yeah, very absolutely. Good. I haven't seen a lot i I think I've I I haven't seen all of her movies. Cool. Well yeah, she's they're not going anywhere. They're all available to to stream. Some are even on Netflix, on Netflix. Yeah, I mean, like I, old. I think Old Joy is still on Netflix. One of my one of my things that's losing was how I was able to find Wendy and Losing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so that's my number. That's like the only who be losing. She's like Jesus, man. She's so good and talented. She just needs to be used better, more consistently. So my my list uh-huh. is uh, Movie Pass. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, movies, mm-hmm. Filmstruck, mm. Fandor, mm-hmm. Film Criticism, yeah. Marvel Netflix shows, Errol Morris. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because Movie Pass was killing it and then stopped being really good. Filmstruck went out of business. Yeah. Fandor is going out of business. Film Criticism has gone out of business. Marvel Netflix shows are going out of business. Yeah. And Errol Morris, because he decided to interview Steve Bannon people don't want to people think that he's his movie should be canceled exactly instead of watching it and you know what you know as i said like several times on the show the reason why i like the joe rogan show is even when he interviews like people i don't like i have three hours to listen and figure out why i don't like them yeah yeah, i can make my own decision about it yeah exactly i actually am interested in seeing what steve bannon has to say so i can understand my enemy i'm sure he'll be on joe rogan at some point he he's I, it wouldn't surprise me. Errol Morris? No, Steve Bannon. Although I'd love Errol Morris to be on Joe Rogan. I, I, just from a standpoint of like, Errol Morris is the kind of person that would make it, oh yeah, Joe Rogan, you're really dumb when you're next to this person. Because I've seen Errol Morris speak a couple of times in life, it, like in person, and he's a, 
He seems like one of the smartest people I've ever kind of come in contact with. Yeah, I mean, I'd be interested to see because, like, like I'd I'd be interested to see if that what would happen or if that would happen or if, or if Joe Rogan wants to interview Errol Morris. Yeah, right, right. You know, um, all right. So that was nice. Uh, Friends of Wonder, which was on my honorable mention, although technically. It's in my jury prize because I don't like to put films of people like who I know personally like in my top 10. But uh this was like a it's a really cool movie and I still think you can see it for free cuz it was like distributed by WeTransfer. It was this cool thing where like yeah, my friends uh Kurt and Irene made this documentary film. It's about one of the old it's about the oldest theater in New Jersey. Um it's a movie theater concert hall um where the sky plays like live music along with the films and it's like you know, it's like 40-something minutes long. It's just like a nice movie about, like, if you love theaters, if you love movies, and just, like, kind of love, like, old-school, old-fashioned stuff. And it's just, like, a, it's a breeze of a movie. It, it, it's really cool. And it's just, like, I it's one of those, like, non-threatening in a great way. Not non-threatening, like, in an insulting way, but, like, anyone can like this movie. And okay. I highly recommend it. Yeah. That's all you got? Yeah. That I, was, I have yeah. a bunch. Yeah, man, go ahead. I really liked our Mission Impossible episode. Oh, cool. It was really fun to have, uh, uh, what was it, Britt and Mikhail? Yeah. To talk about Mission Impossible movies. Yeah. At first, real talk, I was like annoyed that it was, like, I had to, I watch, to rewatch all the Mission Impossible movies. Yeah. So I was like, why did you want to come on the podcast to watch about Mission Impossible movies? Mm-hmm. And then it turned into a fun thing Absolutely. to do. Um, and, and then in my honorable mention, off record, when I was talking to Brittany about hereditary she kind of got me to go back and like reassess that movie somewhere yeah she was mad that she was mad about hereditary. i still well some of the i still think some of the stuff i still still holds true to me but it was like i I was a little harsh to uh, certain things but so and i like that i like going back and reassessing a movie like within the same year so well you know what i have to say about that what's that (laughs) um see uh leaning into discomfort i really uh the Vern episode that was really awesome yeah the Ron Wimberly episode, uh, making real friendships through the podcast shit like Carlos, Bill, Mikhail. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were we were like friend acquaintances before we started the podcast. And that's now true. I consider you a close friend. No, that's true. I have to say, I mean, this was, and now that we're in this, that's nice. I was saving it for the end. But like where I was at literally like one year ago was like kind of polar opposite. And there's like, there's like, it wasn't just you. There's like a small handful of friends, but the most prominent person I saw throughout like, I mean, I guess to some degree I still am, but, like, it was way more fresh. Grieving with my father's death, you might have been maybe, I don't know, the sixth or seventh person I called to let know. And then you also called, like, right away. I texted you, and then you called me. And then, like, I went through this breakup, which had to happen, thank God. But that was still very sad. So all 2007. And then in the middle of it, like, I lost my studio in Bushwick. So it was, like, three huge blows in one year to, like, where I'm at now. Where, like, things, it's not even better. Things are just great now. So and you've kind of been there and you've watched you've witnessed it the whole the whole time. So yeah. thanks, man. Of course. Yeah. High five. All right. Tango and cash style. Tango and cash style, baby. Right. Um yeah, also like realizing I like slow movies and movies that just yeah. do their thing. Like yeah. I don't think I could have finished Claire's camera a few years ago. Yeah. I would be like, What's going on? Yeah. And now I could eat that shit with some food. Nice. Uh finding the right therapy, avoiding wow. diabetes. Nice. Losing 75 pounds, yeah. getting into grad school, mm-hmm. learning myself, mm-hmm. uh, personal problems, mm. the movie, yeah. not my own, not my personal problems, right. and um, uh, uh, Metrograph. 
really like Metrograph, mm. it turns out. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, biggest disappointments. Here we go. Uh, Here we go. I went back. It's been like a year since I watched it. And then uh, twice this year. One, I did, I, I, did, I did a podcast. So I had to like rewatch Let the Sunshine In. And then I was like, oh, I don't know if I like this movie. Like I, th- I mean, I never loved it. But I thought it was cool. And then I watched it again. And then I watched it again. And I was like, oh, I'm not... I think she was to some degree was kind of going through the motions. Like there, there are positives. Don't get me wrong, but ultimately, I just I'm not big on that movie. And the other disappointment is going from Moonlight to you know I think if Beale Street could talk, it really it disappointed me a little bit. And I'm not saying Barry Jenkins was being like was intentionally doing something, but I just think Beale Street really pandered and catered to like white liberals and black people who just accept anything on face value. And it's just this whole thing of like. I love the fact that he's a filmmaker who wants to show just the whole thing of, hey, black skin is beautiful, black people are beautiful, black is beautiful, fine. But I think when you have the subject matter of Beale Street, there's so much more to get into. And I think it just kind of pandered more towards like, black people are great. And it's like, who would disagree with that except for someone racist? And I just think that there could have been more to that film. And I just think it was too much slow-mo, too much like fawning over each other. And I just, I was disappointed. Not that it disappointed was bad, but disappointed that this could have been much better. So, sorry, but it just, it is what it is. I haven't seen it, so yeah. I, I don't, I don't have a strong opinion because yeah. I haven't seen it. Yeah. And I try not to have strong opinions on things I haven't seen except for Terrell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what other, what other disappointments? Those are only two, like... There's always, you know, whatever. But those are the two biggest ones that, that, I, have that I had so to mention. Many, I have so much. Yeah, yeah, All right. Um, obviously, big disappointments are, you know... Oh! Black Black Klansman. Sorry. That's up there. That was a yeah. slow burn because I saw that in, like, I think I saw it in April or May. And then as the year progressed. And then and you saw that for free as a film critic. I did. That was a, And I was excited. And then as I was writing my critique, you know, I, I I sat on it for a few hours and I was like, let me come up, let me just do a quick thousand words. And I was like, oh, I didn't like that. Oh, I didn't like that. And then after I posted it, you you can, you can if you go back and read it, it's like, oh yeah, he was, he wasn't as happy with this movie. And then Boots Riley brought up some really cool points about that movie. And then that really made I me have, frustrated with it. And then people loving have, this movie. I have points about that in my Thing. Yeah, and the fact that so a movie like the 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 Green Book or just in general whenever whenever please you're you're yeah. getting you're getting yeah. rid of you're getting no, no, no. into what I've yeah. written when people take liberty with I have notes you know and then just t- the fact that Black Klansman didn't get called out on just okay. straight up lying so, so one of here we one go. of my disappointments yeah go ahead. that I wrote down mm-hmm. is people being mad at Boots for a cogent critique of Black Klansman yeah. but no issues with the Green Book yeah picky well, outrage. Well, no. See, to me, it's the opposite. People are mad about the Green Book, but no one's mad about Black Klansmen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay, just making sure. Yeah. Like, also, like, I mean, the Green Book just shouldn't have been called the Green Book. It's not about the Green Book. Yeah. I haven't seen it. My mom got mad at me yesterday Mm because she was like, will you see the Green Book with me? I was like, I don't watch White Messiah movies anymore, Mom. Right. Um, And she was like, what do you mean? And I explained, and she was like, oh... I also I, I I've said this a few times. From the directors now. of Shallow Howl, yeah. now we can look at racism. Exactly. I just what ah just imagine like I don't know, 
those two actors in another movie, like in a Michael Mann movie or a David Cronenberg movie or like a Claire uh, Denis movie, just something co- like I think it would have been great. But this, yeah, movie, you know, or uh, or like, or even something zany like a remake of Salt and Pepper, yeah. starring Viggo Mortensen and Mahershala Ali, or a typical Fairly Brothers movie. Yeah, with those two guys in it, like Dumb and Dumber through me, myself, and Irene era Fairly Brothers with those two guys in it would have been That'd amazing. Be hilarious, but they but, don't do stuff like that. People want to. You know, people want to take those two guys, and who knows if those guys would be down to do an irreverent humor. Yeah. But it would be awesome if they would. Um, and you can't say because there were a lot of, there were they, they teetered that racist line a lot, especially me, myself, and Irene. Oh yeah. So with those two, Vigo and and Marshala, and uh, yeah, but oh well, it got wasted on the Green Book. What ifs? Yeah. Um, yeah. So other disappointments is obviously the Black Lives Matter widow scene, exploitation of Black Lives Matter for movies. Purge, yeah. hate you give that other one, um, the other hate you give movie. Monsters and Men. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Um, uh, the weird divide we have over outrage, like, like people, people being annoyed at James Gunn getting fired, but then not being annoyed at Roseanne being fired, like not like. Yeah. Being consistent with that, sure. I didn't think either of them should have gotten fired, and it's complicated. Right. Right. Uh, bodied, back to bodied. Okay. Uh, the movie that was supposed to bring battle rap to the forefront. Uh-huh. Um, you know they've tried. This is like the second time Eminem has tried to make battle rap. Yeah. And it's just it's just it's too niche. Yeah. It tried very to very hard to be offensive, mm-hmm. and still found a way to be considerably less offensive than blind spotting. Yeah. you know it was it was fun there were moments that were fun yeah like seeing seeing like your favorite battle rappers in a movie was cool yeah right but it was it was it was cringy at times um you know kid twist is clearly a very smart person he wrote the movie right um and there's a scene where 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 uh loaded lux and hollow the dawn are are a rap team yeah, and it was incredible. I was like, "Oh, that would be awesome." Oh, maybe, where did you watch? Where, where can you stream it from? YouTube. I got a free month. See, I'm about to maybe go home and watch. Uh, how and much it, is it to rent though? Like, if I you think it's like, it. I don't know if you can. I don't know what the deal is. Oh, maybe you can hook that up then somehow. I'd like to watch it tonight. Okay. After it's also like two and a half hours long. Maybe not. Whatever. No, I don't got nothing. Two, it's two hours. Um, I don't got to work tomorrow. I'll stay up late. And. It's like, it's funny because everyone was like, "This is going to be the most offensive movie that makes you think about political correctness," but like, really, it wasn't. Right. And two, it's just like, I get it. Um. Yeah. But still, like, I honestly find blind spotting or the first purge or the Black Lives Matter widow scene to yeah. be more offensive than this movie that yeah. has a lot of racism in it. Sure. And Pat's Day playing a racist battle rapper, which was a real stretch for him. Yeah. Rest in peace, Bender. Yeah, that was he Rest was he was he was talented. He's one of yeah, my favorites. Make good music too. It's true. I have I actually bought the first Flight Distance album. Nice. Uh, biggest surprises. Biggest surprises for me. We've talked about oh, oh except for one. So biggest surprises for me were Game Night, obviously Upgrade, yeah. and Equalizer too. It just it just. So I like movies that like at from the start this is what we're gonna do and then they do it and it's just like non-threatening entertainment and yeah. it was really good my biggest better surpri- than the first one yeah my biggest surprises were uh, don't worry he won't get far on foot mm-hmm. 
um, Shrek Retold, mm-hmm. Road Movie, and The Debt Collector. Mm. Nice. Yeah, no, I've already talked about them enough. Uh, and and to to finish off, don't do that. I mean, this is one specific scene, but I guess I could just go back into what you just said a few minutes ago. Where I put the church shooting scene in the first purge, yeah. which just ties into just again like Black Lives Matter grief. Um, and I do have to. Say, I'm not going to go it's up on explo- a rant. It's a, it's it's grief exploitation, and I I'm yeah. not really into that. When I say too, I just want to make it clear. When I say things like Black Lives Matter, that statement obviously I agree with because I'm black. But I do have, and I know this like makes a lot, both black and white people makes their heads spin a little bit, but the whole idea, for a very long time, Black Lives Matter, the organization, and their mission statement, when they gave out a list of folks who like they fight for, I don't see this as, this is just a weird oversight. And I'm sure it was a mistake, but it's still a bad mistake where like, you know, women, children, trans, gay, whatever, and the one demographic that wasn't on their list of people who that they're fighting for were black men and the fact that like to me I kind of fit both the look and demographic of a, of quite a few folks who kicked off that black lives matter movement from Eric Garner you know what I'm saying to you know whatever and uh, I don't want to get too deep cuz I don't want to get us in trouble we'll talk off record but I just I just I do have issues with that organization black lives matter yes it's very not much an organization so. They got a website. They have they have head people who are associated with it. So as far as I'm concerned, or fine, I'll say a movement, a, a very specific spearheaded movement. Right. So I mean, I think the term Black Lives Matter is important. Yeah, but that's since I was a small child. Hey, black li- black people matter. I love black is beautiful. All that stuff like that. Yeah, people don't understand. Like I've had to explain even in my grad school that like black is beautiful doesn't mean white isn't. Exactly. It's I, I look, the best assessment is when it's just like, hey, like, let's help let's kick cancer in the ass. Fuck cancer. Cancer sucks. Well, you know, people have AIDS too. There's heart disease. It's like we're not no one and but and, but no one ever does that when it comes to like diseases. Right. When it comes to race. It's like well other stuff too and it's like Yeah, and, and the point is like those are those are just a besides the point. Yeah. There you go. You know you know, the like how they're, you know, the the G is silent in lasagna. Yeah. And the all lives is silent in Black Lives Matter. It's like, duh. Yeah. Fucking exactly. duh. Exactly. Um, now I feel bad because like my don't do that is like not nearly as profound as your don't well, do whatever. that. My don't do that. Well, I that. think it's better to end on something like what I just said versus what I feel like you're about to say. It's probably better. What do you mean? Like mine was a little heavy, whereas I think what you're, maybe you're going to say is like better in terms like... Nicer. Oh, well, it's just, um, my don't do that is stop saying, like, horror and sci-fi are bad right now. No, like, that, 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 this is exactly what I'm talking about. Because, like, yeah. like, they both have had banner years. Yeah. Like, like, Annihilation wasn't great for me, but yeah. it was great for a lot of people. Sure. Hereditary. Uh, I'm just trying to think. Uh, upgrade. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Annihilation. Um, so, the Endless. Sci-fi and horror... Have had like incredible past two years. Sure. Just uh, really, people really like the Halloween sequel. You know, just like why do people say they're bad? It's yeah. just it's just like maybe you weren't feeling what was being dropped. Like I didn't yeah. like everything that was being dropped, but that doesn't mean that I think they're bad. It or like you weren't paying attention, but like both genres are thriving as fuck. 
And it also makes people, and this is true, everyone knows this, even people that do it, when when profound or like large platforms say this isn't good, it forces other people, they feel, oh, I have to balance this out. So something that's like pretty good, I have to say is great and a masterpiece. And then right. people bandwagon and jump on that. And it's like, it's neither. Like, like these, the, I it's okay w- for some movies to just be good and entertaining. It's I totally just, fine. I just want to mention just yeah, the movies yeah, yeah. I watched this year uh-huh. that are sci-fi horror. Okay. Just from my list. Mm-hmm. Black Panther. Unsane. Annihilation. Um, Quiet Place. Avengers Infinity War. Before We Vanish. Deadpool. Upgrade. Hereditary. Incredibles 2. Um, Marlena the Murderer in Four Acts. The Endless, um, Ant-Man, Sorry to Bother You, The Ritual, Tomb Raider, Purge, um, let's see, uh, Mission Impossible is not really uh, sci-fi, uh, Extinction, How It Ends, uh, Mandy, uh, I think that Hold the Dark, I guess, is a sci-fi horror movie. Um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just mentioned yeah, yeah. 20 movies. Right. How are you going to say that they're not thriving? Right. Sure. Uh, you know, and I'm not saying whether those movies are good or bad. Because, like, we had a year where, like, like maybe three years ago, Annihilation would be on my top ten. Mm. Because there's just, like, not that much good shit. Yeah. And I, I do have a sci-fi person's heart. And, you know, um, so I'm just saying, like, like just because, I don't know, think before you speak. Absolutely. I couldn't have said that better. Well, this is a great year. It's great to, to continue, and it's great to have to, to close out our second annual film list. Yeah, and if you made it this far, this is awesome, because this is a two hours plus episode. Yeah, buy our yeah. shirts, email yeah. us, zebraspod at gmail, tweet us, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, kick SpongeBob in the dick. Similar to the thriller in Manila. Bitches call me horse, the pussy filler. I fuck a big bone or slim chick. Beat that pussy up real quick and send on the bitch. Ain't no sleeping in my bedroom when Henny's in my dick. When Flex drop the bomb, I bust a nut on this bitch. Give throat seeds the gold to come drinking hoes. Who like the way I thug and the way I flow? I like head in the bins, the for the order coop. Head in the staircase, the cellar or the roof. Head in the studio, the bathroom or the booth. Head from a project chick or one with crazy loot. Like me along in the cherry thong with the lights on. Sipping Perry on with Kelly Price on I pull out my, my python I hit it while my wife's gone Long dick the bitch all night I make a pussy sing this song She wanna wanna She bang bang She wanna wanna She bang bang